I forgot I even had that in my pack. Well, that's the craziest part, man. I, if Joe flicked my ear, I'd, I'd probably conk him in the forehead. Hello, everyone. It is Saturday. Um, it's the 5th. Good Lord, I lose what track of time and day it is. <laughs> but uh, we're at the uh, Kafaru World Headquarters for now. <laughs> and uh, I got Chris Rowe came in from, uh, you're in Kansas. Where are you at in Kansas normally? Well, the little town of Logan, which is up in Phillips County, you know, basically about an hour straight north of Hayes. If anybody goes on I or I-70, Across Kansas hits the town or city of Hayes. You just go straight north by about an hour and a quarter, and you're good. You're, you're yeah, there, northwest Kansas. But no, I'm here in Colorado for the next ten days working on a project. So gotcha. We've actually we get a ton of people that um uh, ask to get you back on. I'm trying to think. We've probably done three, and there've been a total of probably ten hours in three podcasts. I think we had one that was four hours so there's no telling where this one will go um well you did make sure that that sd card had four and a half hours of space on it didn't you yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah we're good there um i think though like uh make actually while i'm looking at this it looks like we're doing good on the sd space i don't know we we wing this every time and today will be no different um but there's always tons of crap to to talk about so anything popping up in your 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 brain that you wanted to cover um you know in the world's events, well, the, outdoor the funny, industry. The funny thing is, is you asked me this morning, you usually give me a ration of shit about my monster drinking. And then today you offer to get me one. So what, and I'm, I'm looking at, where's your gallon jug? I'm looking at you with an oh. energy drink and, and, a and a little Gatorade, the size of mine. So what, what's this change on your end? I know my change. I don't even know if you're familiar with my change. No, no, I, um, well, I mean, quite like I didn't get to bed till midnight uh, last <laughs> night, and so normally I drink one in the morning, like an some type of energy pre workout coffee, whatever. Um, and then you know, usually like around one to two, I'll drink something else. Today might be a little different because I didn't hardly sleep. And then no, I had I, I was in a hurry, so I usually have electrolyte mix in a gallon jug. I just bought three of these um, on the way down, but the um yeah, so I'm trying. No, to, I yeah, so. I, I decided for the month of February, and, and some of the folks that listen to my stuff, uh, I had that podcast with Josh Benton, but no, I for the month of February, I used to joke, or, or not, and I, that's the wrong way to say it. Joe Rogan you would always do the Sober October, him and his buddies. And then there's been a lot of other people that say, oh, the month of December, we're going to do this or that other thing. So I finally, you know, what's, what's that adage? You know, personal growth comes when you're tired of your own shit. You know, so... Um, you know, we've talked before about just my post COVID crap and still trying to figure out my lung capacity and function and everything else. And yeah, it's, I've made some movement, but then there's other things that have completely stagnated. So I figured I'm like, all right, something's got to give, I've got to do, I turned 50 in January. So I have got to figure this shit out. So I decided for the month of February, uh, to quit all, no alcohol, no caffeine, um, back on a high protein diet like I used to usually am and or used used to usually be on and then uh, try to get back into a, a much more rigorous disciplined uh, workout fitness you know try to just especially a lot of cardio trying to get my lungs back and going and uh, 
yeah, what uh, came out of that little experiment was I thought, so I was drinking a shit ton of wine at night, not yeah. because I wanted to get trashed or I wanted to get buzzed or whatever, but I just really did enjoy yeah. wine. And, and we found some wines that we really like. And so I, you know, and Kelly, she, my wife, she works federal small business administration. So she's still working, you know, 60 plus hours a week. And so I'm doing all of my hunt stuff and all the other stuff I'm doing, but I'm also handling a lot of the, the household day-to-day stuff, running mm-hmm. house husband kind of chores. So when it gets time when she, you know, for dinner or whatever, I'll start making dinner and I would just grab a glass of wine and I'd make dinner and, you know, have a glass of wine there. And then we'd sit down to, to dinner and I'd have a glass of wine there. And, you know, we'd watch maybe an episode of, or two of TV and she'd go to bed early and then I'd stay up either, Re, you know, whether reading, watching videos, working on stuff, trying to, you know, just creative stuff. And so I'd sit and have another several glasses of wine to where it ended up being where I was drinking legitimately two bottles of wine a night sometimes. Yeah. Um, And then the next morning and I would sleep like crap. Yeah. And then the next morning get up and then I was, you know, you know me, I was sucking down, you know, the monster rehabs. Yeah. Well, I thought I was going to have a problem breaking off of the, of the wine. I thought that was going to be my, my biggest challenge. Yeah. No, I had like almost no problem. Yeah. You know, the first couple of days I was like, it, it was the monsters, the caffeine dude. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a headache for so, I splitting headache for a solid 10 days. Yeah. Brutal. Oh, I'm, I'm worried about it if I tried it. Cause it is, I, I, it's not a, I mean, 400 milligrams of caffeine a day is eight, you know, for some people is mm-hmm. not much. And other people's like, Holy shit. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 400 a day. Cause I, you know, this, this is a C4 that's 200 yep. pretty yep. common sense. And then yep. later on in the day I drink another one. Yep. Even, I mean, that's still a good, that is going to give you a headache. And I would imagine it took you two weeks to not, to shake out the funk when you wake up. Cause you didn't have. Well, what I, <clears throat> yeah. Well, so what I found was so that, so the caffeine, so my intake, well, and this is the other thing that was just revelatory for me is just not even understanding how much caffeine is in coffee in different types of coffee because yeah. there's different types of coffee will have a massively different caffeine load in it. Yeah. So even though I was drinking two to three monsters a day and I, so I was probably sitting in between, depending on, on the day I was between that 300 and 500, maybe even 600 milligrams of caffeine a day. Yeah. But what I started to realize I'm watching my wife drinking eight cups of coffee or whatever a day, depending on what the, I'm like, dude, you're, you're consuming with your coffee intake more caffeine than I was with my monsters. Yeah. So, and I, I, I'm not joking you, man. It was a solid 10 days of just splitting headache. But what I noticed instantly was because I cut the alcohol out, yeah. I went back to sleeping like a bit. My snoring went down. I dropped, my snoring was off. I dropped 80%. Well, let's talk my, about drinking because I just started again. And I I'm, saw I'm that. stopping. <laughs> um, I, I told Amy... Three days ago, no more drinking. And then I was like, I got to do this podcast. Okay, one more night. Yeah, I got, I, whatever, right? And, and I went years without it. With Like you, though, I like it, right? It's yeah. not, I'm not doing it to get smashed, but, and the problem with, not a pro, it's not a pro, well, it's probably a fucking problem. I start drinking at noon and I stop at four. Yeah. And, and for me, I don't want to drink at night. I'm not a night owl. I don't go to clubs. I'm not looking to bang chicks. I just like feeling a little goofy now, rewind. When I drank previously, I'd beat the fuck out of anybody around. It was horrible, violent, yeah. violent drunk. Now Amy's like, "You're, f- I'm funny, right?" I just, I talk, as you know, I'll, I talk way too much once you know me. You know, they have, there's that 
stigma of me of this hard you know, asshole that doesn't. And then you get to know me, you're like, Jesus Christ, he's never serious. Right? Yeah. He's a big teddy bear. Well, the alcohol makes it way worse. I mean, and I, Dan Columns, uh, which we'll talk about him in a little bit, uh, the uh, recurve, uh, okay. the most talented kid I've ever met in my life. He's sober all the time. He doesn't drink caffeine. He's a good kid. Drinks chocolate milk and kombucha. So, Dan, can you tell I'm drinking? And he's like, because we have clients. He's like, I can tell because you won't shut up. But yeah, you're good. You know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But sleep. You 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 put a whoop on or a garment. You look. Yeah, you fall asleep easy, but you don't stay asleep, and your your yep. your your heart rate rises as the yep. night goes on. And so for me, yeah, and the the, the amount of REM sleep you're getting is shit. You're, 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 you're unconscious, but you're not getting that restorative sleep, yeah, that deep rim sleep. Yep. yep. And so I was like, you know, and I'm starting to get some like bone on bone contact on my left knee, just, you know, and so fluid helps that or, you know, hydration. So, and you know how much water you give me shit oh, yeah. about drinking it. So I told Amy, I'm like, I'm done. No more. I'm going back. I'm just not going to drink anymore. And, and, uh, not a big deal. And it's peanut butter whiskey. So it's loaded with sugar. Oh my gosh. And it's not. It, it's it's fucking dangerous because I can drink like water. Like Amy, yeah, yeah. that's that's me and and uh, the Boda Box, the wine. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, well, I just it it is. It just goes. It it used to used to. So keep going, and I'll I'll well, finish. But no, I going. just uh, on one of the podcasts, I just started grabbing the bottle and was drinking it like water. And Amy came over and smacked me in the head and grabbed the bottle. And Amy's not um a bitchy wife. She yeah. was just like. You're, he- you're heading in. You, you, this train is about to go off the rails if this well, continues. Well, and they're filming it. And yeah. so she's like, it's not like your podcast. You're going to look like an alcoholic. She was laughing at me later. And Amy doesn't care or whatever. But I, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the daily addictions Americans have, I think, is highly overlooked. And when I say that, meaning ibuprofen, caffeine, wine, beer, screwball. media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, all of it. And so, yeah, I, I had a conversation with Josh Benton. So Josh is a longtime subscriber to Row Hunting Resources. And um, he's a fit dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy's legit. And um, but the funny part was is so I had put, you know, I do. I've done this for, for years, but I just kind of mentioned it on mine that, you know, if I'll help people with their scout planning, I people kind of, and I guarantee the same thing with you. And I'm going to talk to you about it afterwards for some of my own stuff. But, you know, we always get those, you know, I, I want to go and uh, where should I go and where should I look? You know, and there's a lot of people that they want, where should I go? And Okay. I'm like, well, I'm not going to answer that question for you. I will never answer that question for you because if I send you somewhere invariably someone else hunts there and I'm the asshole that uh, ends up sending more people into your spot and you're going to be pissed off about it. But what I will do, if you want, you know, if you've got your research, if you've got your ideas, if you want another set of eyes and another brain or whatever to pick apart your hunt plan and your scouting efforts and, and you you want to go through your effort with me. Absolutely. I've done that as part of my business for, for years. And so Josh got a hold of me. He was like, Hey, can we do that for my hunt coming up in Colorado this year? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Well, I didn't know what Josh did for a living. Yeah. I mean, his wife wrote the book, high functioning alcoholics Yeah, or understanding the high functioning alcoholic and their website is high functioning alcoholics.com. So I had just, it was like, I was like three days in yeah. to my little experiment and he started laughing and, and we literally ended up with a three hour. I don't remember how long of it. It was a massively long conversation. And I helped him with his hunt plan. And I told him, I, I, I said, dude, you need to come back on. And we should just have a podcast discussion about this because 
what I didn't realize was when I said that I was going to go through this little experiment, the number of people I know, friends, family that had quietly, secretively just did the same thing for themselves because they were starting to see in their own lives. They were like, man, this is like not good. And so we, yeah, it was, a, it was a good conversation about you don't even, and especially from, and, and I will put myself in that category as a high functioning alcoholic. When, when you're <laughs> drinking two bottles of wine a night and it's not a big deal. Yeah. You're high functioning. And, and, and the thing is, is there's, like I said, there's alcohol, there's high functioning caffeine addict, whatever yep. you want to call it. It's yeah. not the same, but it's the same. No, it's, it, it, it's, it's an addiction. Ibuprofen's another bad one. Which um, I used to be on. Yep. And so I, I knocked out ibuprofen and uh, well, I've taken. I'll use it incidentally here and there, but yeah, it's I was, not, I used to pop it like four. I would take 800 milligrams every morning, every, every, morning. every morning. I would take it multiple times a day. So. For me, and that would that was Rogan. He's like, "You're an idiot. Quit taking it." And so I, I just one day I stopped. Easy enough, right? Yep. I haven't, and I took one. I took some the other day. Like it's, you know, probably the last several months I've taken it four times. You know, something, yeah, yeah. headache. There or was like there smashed. was a purpose. Yeah, it wasn't a reflex. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I raced Daniel the other day, columns like an idiot. He's 19. I'm 45, and I did beat him. My hamstring from my ass cheek to my knee was purple. Like I pulled. I thought I ripped it. That morning I took ibuprofen because <laughs> yeah. I had to go guide, right? Yeah, but there's a purpose. Not every morning, not the habitual problem. And you, Jordan Peterson talks about this. And But you you listen to a guy in, in uh, as you know, I'm it's baked in the cake. I come off as a dick like this. It's very easy to understand, though. My knees hurt. Uh, you know, I have plantar fasciitis, whatever. I've tried everything. Well, did you try losing 50 pounds? Because that'll do it, right? I mean, the diet will... Your knees, are you eating um, processed carbs, right? Are you eating, you know, tons of sugar? Are you drinking Diet Coke? Are you drinking Coke? Are you drinking, okay, all of those give you achy knees. Um, inflammation. Inflammation. So it's like, well, Americans in general, and I'm not excluding myself from this, and that's one thing I think people listen like, oh, you're perfect? No, I fucked up everything. That's why I'm telling you. Like, it came from what I, and I'm still yeah. doing things wrong today, and I try to be candid as well as you do, yeah. candid about it. Like, it's funny when you're candid about something, it also gives haters something to talk shit about. Oh, it, but but here's and I, you're absolutely right. However, what I noticed with this, mm-hmm. any see and, and hit I'm, home I'm, for a lot of people. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it did. The number of people that reached out to me were like, "Man, you know that was a good discussion." And yeah. you know, you know, it's one of those things where someone goes on row hunting resources, they're not thinking about. What's Chris doing talking about high functioning alcoholics or, you know, it's like it's life. It, it touches everyone, man. Yep. And it, it does. Again, it doesn't matter if it's alcohol. It doesn't matter if it's caffeine for you. You know, I the number of people that got a hold of me and were like, dude, both like alcohol and caffeine. Yeah. Same time, cold turkey. You're <laughs> freaking nuts because yeah. they're like, oh, I'll 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 hack. I'll get rid of alcohol. No problem. Yeah. But you ain't touching my caffeine. Yep. I'm like, well, then that's the one you ought to look at. Yeah. Because here's here's what happened with me. It shocked the shit out of me. So, and, and, and just real quick, part of the reason why I wanted to do the caffeine is because I, I've always, I've had since the COVID issue, I had this tightness in my chest and just, it's hard for me to get a good full, you know, lung of air. Yeah. Now, working hard cardio is helping me, but it's still this massive pressure and, and tightness. And just, yeah. so one of the side effects of high caffeine intake is tightness of chest. Yeah. So I said, okay, 
I've already gone to all the heart guys and I've gone to the pulmonologists and stuff and, and they, you know, they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Well, full of shit, there's nothing wrong. There's definitely something wrong because yeah. I know my functioning ability right now and it's, it's wrong. So I'm like, all right, well, I can't, if I'm going to tease out what the freaking hell is going to go on, I've, like you, I have to, I've got to get myself back in shape or better shape. I need to start eating healthy. I need to get rid of the alcohol. I need to get rid of the, ca- I need to start, just go right back to a baseline from which I can evaluate and come up. Well, I, I had no qualms about, you know, leaving the, the alcohol. The caffeine was 10 days. And then after that, it, it kind of went away. Now, with that being said, about that mid-morning, I was yawning and I felt, you know, I felt quote unquote yeah. tired, but then I would force myself to do an hour long, you know, hard cardio Something. section, yeah. you know, and then you're like, oh, I'm awake now. Oh, yeah. gee, how does that work? Yeah. So the the flip, so that was, and I, you know, I joked about, I purposely chose the month of February because it's the shortest month, month of the year. So, <laughs> but dude, March 1st, 2nd, I don't remember what it was. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to have a glass of wine. Yeah. Dude, I could barely get halfway through it. Yeah, just didn't it like did, it. It didn't taste, I, it, I didn't like it. And it just kind of gave me this gut ache. I'm like, I don't. And so like the next morning or whatever, I got up, I, you know, because this is what I have. I, I, I'll have my Mio waters or uh, my electrolyte powders or whatever. Just, I don't like just drink straight water. Yeah. Something's got to give me a flavor. So, and as an aside, you always saw me here with monsters, but I, I'll go through a couple gallons yeah. of liquid a day. So I decided to have one of my monsters. And again, they're the rehab, so they have no sugar or anything. Dude, I've got one in the truck right now that I've been sipping on. I can't finish one. Yeah. It's, and it gives me this gut ache. And I mean, I, so the first day I had one, um, I had to go do some bank and, and I'm, I walk up to the bank teller and I am just shaken. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm seriously not nervous here. I'm just, I'm just yeah. buzzed yeah. on a half a can yeah. of caffeine to where I'm like, my body did not need any of this. It was just, I had built up my tolerance simply because I liked the taste of it. So I want more, I want more, I want more. Aside from what, whatever the, the substance was, was giving me. Yeah. It was just a negative. It was just basically burrowing me into a hole. Now, the one thing I do, I did like about alcohol in the evening was, and, and I would love to anybody that knows this cycle and, but I mean, the Rogans and other creative people talk about this, whether you talk about mushrooms or they talk about alcohol or marijuana or whatever in first, in some ways there's a, there's a point there where that substance, however it mixes with your body chemistry, I would, you know, if I wanted to work on videos and I needed to like, I've got, I've got the presentation coming up for ISE show here mm-hmm. at the end of the month. Um, and if I want to work on that and be creative and it, there's a point in my alcohol consumption where my mind just opens yep. and where I'm creative. Yeah, Rogan talks about I'm, his best jokes are when he's stoned. Yeah, correct. Right? Yep. And, but there's a fine line yeah. because you, you, you will hit that sweet spot. And the trick is staying in that sweet spot because while you're in that sweet spot, your body's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Give me another. Yeah. And pretty quick, you're like, whip, you, you're, you've, you've so fallen off the edge. It's and funny you it's say this. Far. I've been writing a bunch more articles lately because my, my grand plan is to get the fuck off of social media because I just I don't like it. Right. I mean, I lo- yeah. now as I say that, I love helping people. I love posting photos. I don't like dealing with the BS, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about later. Just stupid things. And so I, you know, for, for me, what I want to do is like, let's say like the grand plan without 
trying to stay ahead of the, the marketing curve too. And I say marketing, just, you know, helping people selling pecs, you know, the whole yeah. nine yards is differently than what's going on right now. Very pinpoint and uh, more control, right? Like right now, anonymity is the devil, right? You can be whoever you want on the internet and talk any shit you want with no, no real validity behind what you say, but you can still cause a problem where I want it to be a hundred percent positive and informational. Well, when you, um, I started writing these articles and four ounces of screwball limbered up brains functioning, 14 ounces of screwball. Fucking Amy is editing a lot. Like your brain is not working the same. My wife edits the, the articles. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and I don't really, you know, for me, which Copenhagen is the devil too. I throw a dip in and if my heart's in that article, I can wrap 3000 words out in no you time hit, at all. You hit flow state and in by the, and you just verbally puke onto the computer or onto the paper and it flows and, yep. and, you might have some editing and, oh, I can, let's move this paragraph around a bit. But it's constructive editing that is making it better versus what the fuck? What was I, you know, <laughs> get what that doesn't make any sense. Just get, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you're, I mean. Well, and I had Scott Einsman, uh, he's uh, the, I think the senior editor for Outdoor Life's gear section. And he was one of our clients, unbelievable guy. And I was writing an article while he was there for, of course, a different publication. And I was like, what do you think to, to grab you? And I'm like, because I like that first paragraph to yeah. suck you in. He, and he, you know, we edited, it, you know, he figured it. He was like, you know, you need to write an article called What Actually Matters, What Really Matters. And I was like, I could write that in a very short period of time. It is going to irritate people. No matter what you do, it's going to, we're going all over the board here, but I, I recently did a, a, a just a video on stabilizers. Uh, yeah. And I was like, hey, and you know how blunt I can be. And I try to be blunt to get that, hit you in the hammer, hit you in the head with a hammer, understand? I said, look, if you suck, what are you throwing all kinds of shit on your bow for? You have yeah. no baseline where to start. And you don't want to spend the money and you don't want to carry that extra weight. Of course, someone gets on you know, YouTube and you're a horrible mentor and I don't know what the fuck else he said. But my, my, my thing is, is when you talk about what really matters what matters with archery what's the most important thing when you're hunt, putting an animal on the ground not and i'm not talking oh, about scouting and calling the actual equipment the bow what actually matters putting 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 arrow in animal it needs to be it needs to be tuned how do i want to put it that piece of equipment needs to be tuned and you you and that piece of equipment need to be in sync you need to be accurate Accurate, yeah, yeah and consistent. It, 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 but, and I think a lot of that comes with just because you threw a gadget on the bow doesn't mean it's going to help you. And we could dive down multiple rabbit holes. But I, when I was here last talking with Frank with the SIG pistols, I, I'm looking, I was looking for another carry gun and I went to the, the range. I tried all sorts of, you know, he's got, is it the 320 that he carries or 365? I think 365. That's what okay, I so have. That's regardless, my wife. Th my point being is the I, I've seen this with my bows. I've always shot PSE, um, but even even all the PSE bows that I have, there's two that just jive. The the same thing with the with the handguns. I went down to Centennial Gun Club down there with a buddy of mine, and I I don't know how many different ones I I handled. There that 320. Well, it was the M8 the M18 version, but 
there are some pieces of equipment that are just going to work for you. I guarantee it's got to be the same thing with recurves. Yeah. You're going to pick up also. Well, you can go down to Tom Clum's Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear. How many bows do they have on the wall? A ton. And I tell the same people what you're saying is you're one, gonna, one will sing to you. There you one go. is yours. That synchronicity well, of that equipment, that's what is going to help you consistency. What's funny with, with bows in general or gear, I always compare it to women. When you first hit on a woman or throw your game, it's not because of her heart. Yeah, You exactly. like her ass. Yeah. You like her boobs. You like Something. her smile. There's curb appeal. And then the question is, yeah, yes. is after that, um, you know, there's got to be something there to attract you to it. Yeah. And most bows are from looks. Yes. And maybe not for, I could give a shit what the bow looks like now. Rewind, totally different in life. But- I, I need uh, one of them. One of them is going to be a little bit better than the other. And and it's hard for me to do gear reviews on bows because there is no bad bow now. No. So no. there may be a little bit of muddy water in the draw cycle. Is that the end of the world? Fuck. I, if that's the one that makes you accurate, who gives a shit if the draw cycle? And I was just going to say, you, you're coming off the backside of it now where, you know what? I've I've been down the road of sexy yeah. and, and attractive. And I've been down the road of where that didn't work for me to where now I really don't care as much about the sexy. I want to make sure that this is going to work. Yeah. Well, and um, I'm going to set, I'm going to go live and just set this in the corner so people can hear this. But when you, when you, with gear, the one thing that I want really is important for people to understand and uh, give me one sec, everybody listening, I'm going to set this up. Um, Well, I was going to say, because Go with your gear, but I don't want to get off of your creative writing because that's where that's why we got down this rabbit hole. Well, I want to I want to throw a rope down the rabbit hole so we can climb back out. Let, let's hit the creative writing and we'll come back to that. Heck, look at this. this Perfect. This is this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. This is. Hilarious. Uh-huh. I'll text it. To but what? But for anybody tuning in on the live, and then we've already recorded um, twenty eight minutes of this, and we got three hours and fifty five, which we may hit before the card runs out. May. Um, yeah. Was some people, you know, whether it be like Rogan, best jokes he's ever written, he was stoned. You were talking about little wine and it flows. I've recently started writing a lot more. And so it's a way for me to get info out because eventually I want to get off social media and I just want to do video tech tips and articles and things like that. And so on those, like the one that they're what really matters. Scott Einsman asked me about writing that. Uh, he's with Outdoor Life's Gear Lab. And, and it, what it is is what actually matters when you head into the woods to put a, an arrow into an animal. And I don't want to come off when I talk about that as like um, jaded or a hater. But when you see what you do too, hundreds of thousands of questions. And when you the cart is so far in front of the horse and it's not that I'm like, I don't, I'm not mad about that, but I'm like, oh man, like, how did that happen? A lot of it is technology. You rewind, you couldn't go and grab a rangefinder because there wasn't one. You had to learn to judge. You couldn't grab a GPS. There wasn't, there wasn't one, right? So you had to nav, you had to learn to nav. So then there's, there's now there's base map and Onyx and Google Earth and everything else. Nothing wrong with any of those. But you are hitting an easy button that when the rubber meets the road to finding elk, you've only hit 60% of what you need to know because you don't learn animal behavior. Now, when you're out and you're, you know, you're back in Iowa or Tennessee or whatever, you, you can't hit the ground running as well as, as, as somebody from out west. But 
you know, my, my point with that writing is trying to convey that into words of, hey, this is actually what matters most, not the GPS. How to run the GPS matters, not having the GPS. And that sounds very simple um, and quite, and actually kind of stupid. But how many people own a GPS and can't use it? Yeah. 80%? Yeah. So th- those are the kind of things about like what, what, what really matters for, uh, is it FOC? Newest, latest, greatest site? I would say learning to shoot is probably more important than anything, like being accurate. And, and so uh, that trying to convey that into words is, is easy at sometimes and difficult in others because you want people to walk away from that article and be like, oh, that makes, that makes total it, it sense. It meant something. Well, it's calling. Does it matter to have 17 calls in your pocket or does it matter to know how to use one or two? Yeah, exactly. Extremely proficient. And when I say set or one or two, you know, cow call, bugle. You got two of them and you know how to use them and and why and when. Beware the old man with one gun. Yeah. Because he probably knows how to use it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway, go go ahead. What were you? No, my no, what you're saying is, you know, we we went down the rabbit hole of this creativity part and it was because of the, you know, substances, whether it's alcohol, pot, you know, mushrooms or whatever, there's that sweet spot about, you know, helping you get into that flow state. It's a slippery slope because you can just go way too far over top of it, you know, beyond it, and then get yourself into, into Four trouble. Four ounces of screwball, great article. 14, <laughs> 14. to 20. <laughs> Article's your, your, not very your, good. Your wife comes back with one <laughs> functional paragraph. She's like, go back to the drawing A lot of red lines in there. there yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it was it, – so for me, man, I just um, – I people ask me, they're like, oh, dude, you know, are you going to – you know, now that the month is over, are you just going to – are you going to have wine? Are you going to have – dude, I've, I've tried it and – I don't like it anymore. Yeah. And and I and I, and it and like I said the monster gives me a gut ache now. Yeah. And so I'll have a beer like the other night I, I uh, um at dinner I was having a burger and I had a beer and that was no problem. You yeah. know, there was no issue with that. But quite honestly man, I think that's where it's going to I I don't see myself going back. And that was never the intent when I went into, you know, so again, for anybody that's watching, the you know, didn't listen to my podcast on the Row Hunting Resources side. Everybody you know, I, go I listen quit. to that podcast because I bet that's very interesting. I, I quit all alcohol, all caffeine, uh, just all sorts of stuff, cold turkey in the month of February, and now I'm coming off the backside of it, and so I have no regrets. Re- rewinding, I used I was really fat at one point. You know, I was in the Army, skinny, got out of the Army, got fat. Butterfingers, Mountain Dew, whatever, wasn't running. And I was on a, a, a antelope hunt with a guy, sprinted after it. I puked. I, I puked. It was, I was that pathetic. And I, this is it. Now, I didn't know anything about dieting, and I've learned, learned, learned. I still don't really know. But I stopped. First thing, I soda. Stopped drinking it. Yeah. Four years later, I tried a Mountain Dew. Couldn't, couldn't drink it. Yep. Couldn't drink it. Butterfingers. I do like cookies and stuff, but, you know, there's different. But I, I can't eat those now. There's certain things that... Um, once you get it out of your life, it's yep. amazing because like you said, then you eat it and you're like, Oh my God, how did I yeah. eat this before? I used to drink Whatever. Mountain Dews like, like water. Yeah. And I, and that quite honestly, to be honest, that's why I, I switched from, I, and I'm, I'm going way back here. <laughs> I used to drink. So when I was building all the, the, the base structure of, of the, the elk hunting Institute, the elk module and all those videos, I would sit. And I, my best work time was between 8 and 9 p.m. and about four, 3 to 5 a.m. in the morning. I'm, I would be up all night. 
but I would drink two or three of those Mountain Dews and just be rocking, you know, Which just, just cranking. A ton of sugar. Oh, insane. Yeah. And I was gaining massive weight. And so I was like, oh man, I got to cut the sugar out. Well, and Kelly at, at at Sam's Club, she stumbled upon those Monster Energy drinks, the, the rehabs that had no sugar. She's like, well, why don't you try well, this? But they do and have a, sucralose or some shit that'll give a rat cancer in, in California. Oh, no, fucking rats. <laughs> I'm not a rat. I'm not a rat. <laughs> But well, and I mean, I it's not, I'm with it's you. not like I've got one of these exactly as he, as he sits here with it with one can is he yeah. So, but my uh, point be that's how I that is literally how I got on the Monster Energy kick is because I wanted the caffeine, but I didn't want the sugar, and it just just sent me down that rabbit hole. And what it ended up being, I mean, look at you, it, it ends up being just a pure on caffeine deal. Yeah. I mean, again, like we talked about for those people that are watching live, the number of people that just lost their ever they were like, I can understand getting rid of alcohol. But caffeine? Yeah, There's no yeah. way I'm getting rid of caffeine. I'm like, man, you guys ought to take a look at how much, especially the people that like Starbucks. I don't know what Black Rifle Coffee Company, what their caffeine content is, but like Starbucks per cup is like stupidly high. Yeah. So you can uh, go to a caffeineaddict.com or, or something. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Yep. And because the reason why I got so into it was migraines. Now I started get. I got on TRT. Whoa, whoa, you, stay, you were, t you were, you were. Getting off of caffeine because it was giving you migraines no, no, or I've, the other way around? After one of my concussions, I've had migraines for the majority of my life. Which like, caffeine can help. It, so I'll get into that in a second. With those migraines, they were life-altering, hospitalized, vomiting, hiding a clothes. I mean, it, it ended that, my, it ended my day for a couple of days. So when I got on testosterone replacement therapy, they stopped. Why? I have no idea. I haven't had one since 2018. But before that... I didn't drink caffeine till I was 28, 29. Never drank coffee until I drank coffee once in the army and didn't like it, never drank it again. So then I started drinking it and people, that could be what gives you migraines or, you know, so I, okay. I, I, some days I would get them, some days I wouldn't. So I started monitoring very in depth my caffeine intake. And so I just made sure I would have 200, 150 to 200 milligrams in the morning. And later on in the day, if I needed it, I'd have 150 to 200 milligrams. So at least I was on a baseline to where, yeah. you know, I, I knew it didn't matter. I still got, you get my, I don't, migraines are horrible. You, they, nobody has a fucking clue about migraines. Like I'd get them. Didn't really matter what, now I knew if a storm came in, probably get a migraine. I knew if my blood pressure spiked and I got mad next day, I'd probably get a migraine. So, but I, I, with caffeine, I, well, I've been asked to be on a loan multiple times. I haven't went on a loan, which I think I could win, unless it was cold, like really cold. Is that the one where they have to be naked? That's naked and afraid. Oh, I don't okay. want to do that one. Um, <laughs> but because I'd have to, these two things right here. Bye-bye. I'd have to stop. This, I know I can quit. Not a problem. This, I don't know that I can quit. And now have there's you, people, Have you tried? Fuck, a few times, and it's not good. And so I'm not saying... And I've had people give me shit about it. I'm giving diet advice. And they're like, well, you chew. And I'm like, well, I didn't say I was perfect. I yeah, was just exactly. telling you. I, exactly. I get it. But with 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 Copenhagen, I I it is so ingrained. I mean, since 1994, I've chewed a can a day. Um, it, you get your jaw cut off. There, I mean, there's oh, yeah. nothing good out of it. It probably doesn't help my rain odds. I mean, I get it. And it's like, I understand that. But I don't have the strength and discipline to quit. And, and so and, and there and that's the okay and so right there kudos to you and respect to you and that that's the same do you have do you have the self awareness to know that yes 
I no, I I, I am not disciplined because that's the answer. It's not like well, but see, I've got no. You you don't have the the willpower it, it, to overcome the essentially the withdrawal of not having that that whether and, and it's, it's, a, it's as much physical as chemical. I was just gonna say the, the tactile feel versus the chemical. Not, either one, it is nothing better than when I was in the army dropping to do a map check. Dip goes in. Same now. Okay, well. We're at, we're, we just got to camp, going to set up camp, dip goes in. Oh, time to cut, you know, uh, I'm going on a stock. Shoe goes in. I mean, not, shoes in all the time at this so, point, but I mean. So what you just said there, that's your thinking. That, that, that's your thinking vice. When, when, you, when you're getting ready to do something where you got to think. A lot, yeah. Let, here we go. Let's, let, let's, let's put a dip in and, and let's, let's buckle down. Well, and the thing is, is like I have the, in the human brain is 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 strange and amazing i have the mental discipline to not put unhealthy food in my house i don't have any problem with that yeah if it's there i don't have the discipline to not eat it now i can go but forever go six blocks out of the way to make sure you pick up a can if, if you're headed up to the hundred percent and uh, yeah and so like we never put peanut butter in the house because i eat it all I, but i just if but i cannot buy it but if i do i'm going to eat it and so I mean, this is different, and to say it's different, it's not, but it's different for me. I just, I, I don't have the ability or discipline to stop. Now, I have the discipline, get up and work out at 4 o'clock, 4.30 every morning, right? I have the mental discipline to sit and write an article, no problem. I don't have the discipline to, to stop no. this. Not now. Maybe I will. But I highly doubt it. I highly doubt I'll ever try and, I mean, people have asked me, I'm like, I'm fuck it, at this point, I'm just going to chew. Like, I, I'm, I can't believe you're going to put that in your mouth so and you're not going to eat you know, whatever. And so here's like, a question for you then. Yeah. Hypothetically, what would, what would. The only thing that would is the potential to cut my jaw. Okay, there you go. And I've if been asked. all of a sudden you've got this cancerous legion in here, like the oh, old I, shit factor shows up. and Well, when, when you're about to die from diabetes is about the time you eat healthy. Yeah. And it, <laughs> these are things like I get into, I. Not many people I can have this conversation with guys like you because it's it's a not saying they're low intelligence level, but outside the box thinking and also the ability to to argue. You have to have the emotional maturity to stand there and look your the ugly part of you in the mirror and own it. Yeah, and when I got fat, that was when I had the 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 I didn't the, the moment I vomited chasing after antelope. I was like, I'm I'm fucking fat, right? This is depressing. I had a big ass crack hanging out of the front of my shirt. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten better. When I say better, meaning more aware of my diet, more aware of working out and how important it is and water and all that. You know, when you're young, you can get away with more. Yep, but I got yep, that fat yep. body type. So when I, I, I hear people, and again, for, for people that are haters that listen in, like, oh, you're better than everybody else? It's like, no, I fucked up a lot. No, that, I've, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've been down the road and I've bumped off. Not I, not that I rolled into the ditch. I rolled into the ditch, hit the guard, it, it just tumped. I've I've gone through the pain, so I'm just gonna share the information. <laughs> you, you know, if you want to launch off that, you know, I, I I was talking about this on a, on a different deal with uh, a family member. You know, they were they were about to make some brutally bad decisions, and and I there's no love lost between me and this family member. So yeah. quite honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, fine, you want to self destruct, be my guest, and I'm just gonna sit back in the sideline and watch. However. If you want to, if you want to put the pedal to the metal, drive a hundred miles out, miles an hour down the road, and then just roll into the ditch, I will sit there and watch you. Yeah. 
But if you're going to put the pedal down and you're headed to a cliff, okay, I, I don't, I'm not going to stand by and watch you run off the cliff. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to step in. If, if, is, if, if you're just going to create entertainment value for me and slight damage to you, I'm going to shut my mouth. Well, but, if, but if this is going to be a fatal that. deal to you, yeah. I'm, I'm going to help. So if I'm going to share my information or in, we were talking about uncomfortable conversations, this is where my, I'm worried. I need to be careful on my podcast because I've got several lined up where Chrissy just goes. You know, I, I did the one back in the day that Chrissy's going to start talking and I just, just, I just launched and people are like, we need this. And so there's some, there's a bunch of sportsman stuff coming yeah. up now yeah. that I'm like bullshit on. Yeah. So there's, I, I want to help someone and give them the information like, okay, been there, done that. Be careful of this. After that, it's on you, man. Well, it's, it's, it's on you. It's like the stove. Sometimes people have to touch the stove. Yep. Right. And it, you learn more from it. That was my, which I don't think the the live was on earlier, where when you get so overweight, you, you don't, there's certain times in life where you hit, hit, hit a tipping point And that's when you, you know, you, you, that's when you make these monumental changes, like whether it be you've pissed yourself drunk, ran yeah. into a telephone pole and got a DUI. That's a monumental what, possible what did I, change. What did I say at the beginning? Personal growth comes when you're finally tired of your own shit. shit. And, and and at some it, point, where where wherever that is, for whatever it is, at some point you will. And, and I and I said this in in the the podcast with Josh. The the one and did I think? Sorry to, to uh, it's it's Jermaine. I think the reason why I finally sucked it up and was like, Chris, you okay. There was a variety of reasons, but one of the things that was most impactful for me was Jordan Peterson talks about it all the time. He said, if you ever wanted to really make a change in your life, it's very easy. All you need to do is like, whether it's at night, it, wherever you reflect, if it's night before you go to bed, like my wife, it's before she goes to bed. Everything floods in, into you know her brain on what should have been and what. So she's got clarity right before going to bed. For me, it's first thing in the morning. As soon as I wake up, feet hit the ground. He said, Sit on the edge of your bed and ask yourself, what is the one thing that I could do that I would do that could better my, my, better my life or, or, yeah. or put myself on a better path? And that's again, what one thing in the, the inverse of, you know, what is the one thing that I'm doing that I know is self-destructive, yeah. that I know I could quit. And, and to his credit, he's like, you will get an answer that fast. Yeah. Your brain will be like, oh, right there. There it is. Yeah. And it, it's not that it's hidden in the fog. It's not that it's this nebby. You know damn well yeah. where your <laughs> failures are. The question is, is whether or not you can stand there, look in the mirror. Self-assessment is a motherfucker. It's, it's brutal, bad. man. And so the, the funny part is, is, and you know, Rogan and others, you know, talk about, you know, conquering your inner bitch. Yeah. And I used to joke, I'm like, yeah, but you, have you seen her? Yeah. She's hot. <laughs> yeah. She's, I, she's hot, smoking hot. And she's funny yeah. and she's witty. And she's, she's like the best friend I've ever had. Yeah. I don't want to conquer my inner bitch because yeah. I like her, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's the, that's the issue. And so, you know, for these people that in, I was pleasantly, I was relieved point blank. 
I said to Josh, I'm like, I don't care. We're going to have this conversation. Let's see where it goes. And if, if people are like, what the freaking hell are you talking about, Ro? Okay, I won't have those conversations again. Yeah. But the number of people that came back and were like, wow, yeah. Well, I, because I think when you get this image, and I'm not, I'm not putting myself in that position. It doesn't matter. When you follow someone on social media that you look up to, or that you want to emulate or try to be like, we will start, and I do it, everybody does it. You start to see all, again, the highlight reel, all yeah. the, the cool little things that are these glossy, glitterly, glittery things that we, we like about them, but we don't know any of the ugly dark. Yeah. But when you or me or anybody, a rogue, anybody comes out and said, yeah, I'm willing to talk about my dark yeah. because everybody listening to that has that component in their own lines to where you start going, holy shit, this guy's like real. This, this guy, this, this guy, these people, guy, gal, whatever, it's not fake. It's not bullshit. It's, this is the integrity that we try to bring to the table. I have tried to do that on my page to show when I was a fat fucker or, or talk about with podcasts with mental issues. I mean, I, difficult for me to, I mean, it's not difficult for me to talk to you about, but talking to it in front of 400,000 people that like you and, yeah, and yeah, a yeah. solid 50 that fucking hate you yeah. that are going to make it worse. But my biggest thing was, I'm like, I've got a good life. And if I'm still having issues, there's other people that are having, you know well, what I mean? Like one, 100%, but what did you just say? And I know it was just rattling off, but if you've got 400,000 people that like you and you're worried about the 50 that don't, 50, not yeah. 50,000, 50. Yeah. That I'm guilty of that. I, yeah. That's a personality trait that, and now that I, also is what causes a lot of this self block. You know, or I don't worry about them. I do like to make fun of them. Um, when I say I don't worry about them, I don't get too wrapped up. There's occasionally I was going to say you, that you I get will, wrapped up on some of them. Yeah, I was going to say occasionally there's going to be one that probably is such a bald face lie or whatever. But for the most part, I just delete them. Like let me give you an example. Um, there was a Matt, Matt Ranella did was, a that's deal. hilarious. I was, if he, you didn't go there, I was going to throw that in your face. That, that would bother you. I listened well, to that podcast. That, yeah, it, it bothered me. Not just me, but bothered which direction that could shift certain people to maybe do less. And so we talked about it, about um, what the good parts of social media, as, long as, as well as the bad ones. And there was a, a many, many people that I know I changed their life. And, and I'm not saying that like... Cause it's just me talking, but, uh, but I don't want that to stop. Like, correct. You know, I, so that one bugged the shit out of me. Cause I, now we, he and I talked, it wasn't him that made the pictures in the top list. He just had, and he was cool to talk to. Like, in fact, I, I changed my phone number. I need to call him and get him on the podcast. But the one thing you got to understand is when, when someone is, is the emulate the, if you're emulating perfection, it is fucking unattainable. Per perceived perfection. Well, and that's what I mean. And, <laughs> and I should have bad word, but perceived perfection, no one's perfect. And I am fucking far from perfect. And so what I try to make sure people understand is I don't have mental issues, but I, I've got an anger problem. And it doesn't come out very often, but when it does, she's fucking rough, right? And talk to my wife about it and everything else on how to get a hold of that and why it happens. Um, Abby was really good about dissecting where it came from and how it got there and what triggers it defensive friends and family defensive kids um defensive my company things like that when i'm hurt so meaning 
I help the guy get started in the industry, got him going, and then he screws me. That will push me over the edge, but that doesn't make it right. Yeah, yeah. But you got you 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 have to figure out where it comes from to, to fix it. Talk about dieting. All right. Well, there's a lot of people overweight, so it's I'm not saying hey I'm this fit guy because I'm a fat kid at heart too. It's more of I've been fat, I've been you know yeah. all these different things, and this is what helped me get there. And it, and and it's a net good, but I don't. If you start wrapping your head around the bad ones too much, it, it screws things up bad. No, it it it, it it's hard. It, I've get more wrapped up around, which I don't want to go into this, too much. But in your defense, this is funny. Qualified too much. I remember when you came out with your app. Yep. How much you got bashed over it? Oh, brutal. How many of your competitors have that app now? Every single one. Well, and, almost every single one now. And. Every and I was there. Like this oh, is correct. not some bullshit. No, you're you can you, you can jump <laughs> into it, man. No, it's because it's absolutely legit. You're and an idiot. This is fucking stupid. This isn't going to help hunters. Oh, it was detrimental to hunting. It was going to ruin hunting. And now uh, yeah. keep in mind, this is decade yeah. and a half ago. 2012, we launched it. Oh, it's it's right there. It's it's 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah, because. 2000, because we started, so Row Hunting Resources started in 2010. And I think I had heard you talk about it the year before. 2011, yes. We were in the process of developing it. And it finally, I think, finally launched end of 2011, 2012. And I just flat out told you, I was like, I wouldn't use it, but it makes sense. Like, now- is there going to be a bull coming in and you're going to have this life-altering app that will help you? And that's what people thought. They would be but like, okay, hold on, Elk. I got to go. No, that's not. that. That's, that's It's but, no different on a daily basis. And this is how I looked at it at the time. Fitness apps. Yeah. Are you going to stop at the grocery store? and, Or does it help yeah. you when you get there to have a plan? Yeah. And what I thought was funny was all of them do it now. Oh, and promote yeah. the shit out of it, and the forward thinking you had, I was like, "Okay, that's and, something and, I'm gonna and, use," and but it makes sense. And here's, and let me let me extend this this amount of grace, uh, because there were some. Now there was there was two things. How do I want to put this? There were some coming at it from the mindset that we still have today. Look at how much venom was thrown at you know the whole lighted knock issue. Yeah, you're you're gonna. If you allow lighted knocks, you're going to destroy everything that's bow hunting related and all about, I mean, you, you have that type of mindset of a person. Yeah. And so there were those people that thought technology was going to be the, the end of, the devil. of yeah. fair chase, fair chase, ethical hunting. Okay. Yeah. Those aside, the other group in what you're talking about were those people that were competitors that yeah. were, there were intellectual business competitors that were, they were trying to protect their market share and relevance. Yeah. Here's the problem with folks, and, and I'm not always this person, but there, there's a reason why they call the leading edge is the bleeding edge. Yep. Because those people that, that pioneer something are the ones that stick their neck out and try something. Well, you stick your neck out, that's what gets cop, yep. cut off. And so there were, at the time, apps on your phone were games, toys, uh, trinkets. Yep. They'd meant nothing. But we looked at it and others... I'm. I, it wasn't like but there we had was this also ab- fitness fitness dieting apps. Those but are the they, ones that but I they were just off of. that's the thing. The educational ability for an app to provide something of benefit was just coming on the scene. And so when I looked at it, Kelly and I looked at it, we're like, dude, yeah. if we could take a, the 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 synthesis of what's in the elk module and the elk hunting institute and put it in an app that people can have and learn from, that would be in our mind, yeah. it would be awesome. Well, of course. 
no one else in the hunting industry at the time had it. So it was this new thing. And so I can understand where from a business marketing standpoint, there was a, there was a perception of they either didn't understand it or they damn well understood it and were, were threatened by it. How many of them came back and said it was badass you pioneered that? No one, no, 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 no one ever does that. Though. Once, well. once it, because, because that's the thing, because that's the thing is nowadays you can, anybody can make an app for, for nothing. I think if I remember, we spent like 12 grand yeah. to, to develop that back I, in the day. I had started to proceed down a path, um, somewhat copying your, your platform of, okay, you go to Colorado, yep. your gear is different than if you go to North Idaho. Oh, it's you should different do it, than man. go to Arizona. You yeah, should do I'm it, fucking not, I don't have time for that shit. But okay, water purification. Let's say you're in North Dakota and the water's silty. Pump's not going to work. Yeah. Boom, you hit water purification and it gives you a drop down of oh, this this is this is what we we would suggest because of these reasons. Rain gear, Colorado. Yep. Use the lightest rain gear you have. You're not going through Dude, That'd be an that would be an awesome resource, man. Yeah, and I, believe me, I, I'm good at forward thinking. I am not good at the execution. Pitching, p- yeah, pitching <laughs> it off to someone else. There you yeah, go. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't have time, and I, and I don't want to. Now, you can do that in other ways, but if if I did that now or then, that is that is that that would never have been. There would be no negatives to that. I don't know why. Like I, I can honestly say, in 2008, 10, 12, whatever year, if I would have come out with that, probably right. That would have been a. Big no, gold there, star. There, there is no probably right because that's how you made your name in the 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 forums. But but being that guy, the the gear guy. So you were doing it on if, a forum basis rather than a, an app. But basis. if I came out with that app in 2012 to help people better assess gear, and you came out with that app, which you did in 2012, on how to better assess elk. Yeah. Why did you get bashed? And I wouldn't because because of the perception that you could have it in your hand. While you were hunting, and it would tell you what to do real but, time. But what was crazy to me is Elk Nut had a playbook. So you can read the fucking thing. <laughs> so you, okay, yeah, But yeah, you yeah. can't take it on it. And that was oh, where I was like. Yes, you could take the damn book with you. And I'm not, not taking, that has nothing, that is no, not. No, no, but, but yeah, we're yeah, not, that, we're not that, talking no, anything about Paul. But, yeah. but that's exactly right. There was a book you could take. That, that, and it was that, a little book. It was a little could, book. Yeah. That you could go through. Th- yeah. Now, now our app was at the time was it, it still is is intuitive and all, it, it, all but yes it was okay to go up the, I mean legitimately people defended the book yeah I no I was trashed there. the app and I'm it, like it was what like the fu- that was how? when I first was go get you know not first but I was ramping you know I was go get, you know forums and shit yeah. and we started Rockslide and I'm like va- like like comical value. Yeah, that's not gonna that that's not gonna age well. Like yeah. I'm reading, so, like this yeah. is gonna come back and bite people because Say, I'm like, look at the subscription model. Th- literally, that would be like bashing me for listening to an audio book yes. in comparison to read it. And yeah. so, let's say you're busy, and I can read Paul's book, or I can listen to your version. Yeah. Well, I'm not reading shit because I got too much shit going on. But I can listen yeah. when I drive down the road. Yeah. And it's weird how tech. Is, I don't know how the fuck we got here but how technology <laughs> at certain times again and 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 this gets thrown in my face all the time i got a recurve and a range finder i got whatever but and i don't dive into that shit because it, it, it well i i like to read about myself on forums at times but so you can have a range finder right that is probably the most groundbreaking change in the last hundred years the last century was the range finder oh it as far as especially for as far as i would argue 
for the take of animals, the yeah. increased take of animals. Yeah. Absolutely. Was there, there and that's rifle and bow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one, GPS. That that's another big one, and and maybe not um for the take of it, but getting in farther, feeling more confident, whatever. Another technology jump. But Jesus Christ on His throne, don't put an app on a phone, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. I just it baffled me. And again, it wasn't like I gave a shit about it. I'm not going to use well, it. Well, look at look at the look at the. Okay, let's double down on that one and, and look at the criticism on the subscription based model that we had originally. Yeah. You know, the the people that had other educational platforms, that's stupid. We've got, you know, I, re- I vividly to this day remember one of my competitors literally bashing the essentially the row hunting resources site because, well, our, you know, their version. Well, it's not just one guy. We, we have a we have a group of these and this and that. And it's like and we're, we're you, you'll never have to pay with us because we have advertisers and blah 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 and it's always going to be free and it's always going to this all and i remember having conversations with good friends that were business people they're like man i don't know if this is a way i mean you could probably make more money if you're advertising I'm like yeah but then there's all the problems of, of going down the road of advertising well yeah. hell look at everything nowadays it's yeah. it's a subscription-based model yeah. and so you and quite honestly uh i was listening to uh who was it um uh Dave Rubin was talking about you know, locals and and some of the other stuff to where people are actually getting subscription fatigue to where they're subscribed to so many things now to where you're you you know five dollars a month is just nickel and diamond you to where like I got I got to clarify so te- things change it just it I don't yeah I don't even know how we got on this rabbit hole either but it is funny now that you look back at at how many other people in the in the industry now have some sort of well, you can come and subscribe, you know, you subscribe and you can get a, a membership and you get, it's like, yeah, okay. So all of these things, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't even know how we got to have that rabbit hole. Well, the but. one thing I would say is like staying ahead of the, the game on. Oh, we were talking on, about critics. We were, we were talking about the, the people that criticize us and it, how it bothers us. And, and yeah, that's how it got on there. But I mean, as far as like, you know, kind of curving off of that, but the same subject, I believe in the next short period of time hunting will probably be off of social media like i think it's it's going to be heavily curved so does that um how much does that affect marketing how much does that affect lifestyle how much whatever well it it affects it as much as you want it to because you know you could there's still there's forums there are your own websites there's you know what what social media did is just gave everyone one place right yeah so like if if um somebody came up with a new hunting Instagram, I, I I don't know, whatever. So the 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 base reason like that I get on Instagram, it's not for my family to see what I'm doing. I don't have much family. Uh it's not really for my friends to see what I'm doing because I have a very pretty tight circle. It's to share my adventures, to motivate people to have their own. It's to share info. Same with your website. Like you're not rolling in the dough from yeah. from you you make some money, but you don't. You know, it's not. It's to help people in in a way that um that, that suited what, how you wanted to do it. Or I, I enjoy teaching, yeah. and it's an it's an it's a way for me to have an outlet, a constructive outlet to do what I enjoy doing. Yeah, and and make money at it. And so where I mean, this it, again, this is back where I live. You know, some of the angst of some of the haters back where I live, the locals. You know, the the point being is, is and I told this to my landers. I said, listen. I, it's not lost on me that I have chosen as my profession 
what most people try to do as their hobby. Yeah. And and a lot of them don't have the time to spend as much time with their hobby that they would like to do. And yet here I am, I'm out there doing it day in, day out, day in, day out. And I'm actually making some money at it. And I actually, I can actually function, you know, autonomously, you know, yeah. so it, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I like to do. I, I I would always be in education if I was in some way, shape or form. This just allows me to, to have that outlet. And so that's the question is, is and I, you brought up the, the Matt Ranello and I actually enjoyed the hell out of the, all the discussions I heard revolving around that, because I think in some ways people finally, finally started getting down. I thought that a lot of people, geez, okay, here's another, here's another rabbit hole to your point on social media. Um, I, th- I think hunting related content on social media is going at over time is going to take a massive hit on what is allowed and what is not allowed and what is shown and what accounts are shown. Now, the the flip side is, and the real discussion is, ultimately, is that for the good or will that be for the betterment of hunting long-term or is that to the detriment of hunting long-term? Because I think in many ways, I think we rightfully should be not sharing as much as what we want to be sharing, but then let's re- your- let's rewind. Two thousand ten, I don't know, whatever. When was Facebook and Instagram and everything? You know, whatever. It's about right. well, I think it was a little. Was there, it? Anyway. Yeah, I think it was just start. Was yeah, it's got to be somewhere around yeah. in there. In 08, there was forums. Correct. Right. There's a ton, you know archery talk and both side, and then we started rock slide and you know, yep. forums. Another generally the same thing for people to get on and talk shit, right? And learn and talk shit. Well, now we have Facebook and Instagram where you can get on there and share photos and talk shit, right? And and the um, anonymity on a forum is frustrating at times of what someone could say to stir up the pot uh, and, and take away from learning. That ir- that does irritate me. And now I don't get on forums anymore. I wish I wouldn't have started Rockslide um, because of the bane of my the pain yeah. of my in my ass now. Why is it a pain? There's so much, so many lies and fabrications and bad info, and there's good info on there as well. I get it. It's a learning device. What I would really like to do is go from the broad classroom of high school to the 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 uh, the tutor, right where. It is one-on-one, and they're on your page or my page or our page. If we partner up on things, they're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're there to learn. They're there to not um, – they don't want to get in arguments. Some people just like to hate. That's easy. I mean, that's the cause and effect. I, their life isn't happy. They hate on what, I don't, whatever the fuck goes on in those people's minds. Now, there's always going to be good debate, right? There, you know, there's always good debate. But when you bring hopefully, up – Hopefully there will be good debate. There's yeah. not always good. Yeah. Hopefully there will be. Well, good I should have said that word. Debate can be good. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. If it's if it's actual debate yeah. where you've got two. Yeah. Just people. Well, just, and I've said before, focus on debate, not hate. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 De- <laughs> debate the ideas, not the person. So let, let's let's talk about. I don't know anything that you and I are too far off on on a on a on a debate. But let's say um, high FOC. That's a big one lately. Um how okay? Can I ask you how the freaking hell is it still? I mean, we've we've joked about that. I remember back in the nineties 
where all of a sudden there was this kick on FOC. And then it seemed to go away. And then all of a sudden it seemed to rear its ugly head back again where FOC, FOC. And then it, then it kind of went, it seems like it's, it's like this predator-prey relationship where it just kind of cycles through the public forum. Well, and here's, here's the bottom line of, of FOC. But it Arrow. seems to be lingering so long these ta- this time. Yeah, well, and, and, and when um, my, from beginning to end, my, my views on this will never change. Decent arrow weight, decent point weight, good arrow flight, good accuracy. If you're putting a Band-Aid on your system in case you and, – and here's where I guess if I was going to give a free class to whoever wanted to attend, and we were going to talk about this, and I was going to get all sides of the fence. I'm going to get the Gillinghams. He's out there on one side, or or Bill Pellegrino, 425-grain arrow. Um, other people I've had on the podcast. Then I get the Ranch Ferry guys with 550-grain plus and whatever percent FOC. Here's how I look at things. If you broke this down and analyzed it, who's some of the most effective killers you know? List the top five. Oh, geez. Well, between you and not are we talking with? Are we just talking with Bo? Not not. Yeah, Bo. Yeah, let's. God, yeah, let's not get on rifle yet. But let's just just archery because of FOC. And, and, and oh, so but we're going bigger animals. No, quantity and quality. Because with FOC, it doesn't matter. Bigger or smaller, you're learning as as arrows yeah, yeah, yeah. go through animals. So I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of people that kill a shit a shit ton of animals. I mean, I mean, you probably one of the top of the line. I mean, you can always go. I'm not going to put the Camerons in there because you don't see them killing a lot. You 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 see them shooting a lot, but you can go uh, Henry Ferguson with he's always killing animals. Yeah. Uh, Davis, he's always killing animals. Yeah. You can go. Uh, what's his name? Is it Marlin, the gray light hunter or whatever? Yeah. He's always killing animals. Yep. You go uh, any of these people that are just constantly going out there and just whacking critters. Yeah. And so when you you high break repetition. The, yeah. All those guys are accurate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So accuracy, you know, and I try to, you don't want to go out accurate with a 350 grain arrow, but you really don't want to go out accurate with lob and logs with a 600 grain arrow. There's a happy medium. And if the band aid to horrible accuracy is, oh, I'm going to build an arrow that'll go through a shoulder blade because I might hit it uh, or, or, or whatever, yeah. then you might want to take a step back and maybe reassess why you're doing that. If you're extra- I don't know anybody and I'm sure they're out there that's extremely accurate that really cares about FOC. They care about arrow flight, they care about consistency, they care about accuracy. Well, so- and one thing I will say and I don't know this to be true because I do- I I don't spend a lot of time in that world of, you know, I, I most of my time is spent more in the in the critter and habitat world. Um but my impression from back in the day of those people that were driving the conversation regarding FOC were those a lot of people that were hunting Pacific Northwest in heavy cover and where your your encounters might be fairly close, but there's a lot of brush, there's a, or you know, ferns and under you know just all sorts of vegetation that you might have to go through. The animal's probably going to be coming in really close, maybe quartering towards you or frontal or whatever, to where, and a lot of traditional shooters as well went with that high FOC. It was always, for me, it seemed like, okay, you're building a system that is kind of more tailored toward kind of like your 
unique situation that you're dealing with. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily translate to everyone else on the landscape. Now you can make and I understand, I've heard the arguments why they make the argument that it does, but if you, and I don't shoot, I, I, I my personal, I, 60 and under is where I, I will, I will shoot at an animal. But if you're shooting 60, 80 plus yards, grotesquely high FOC is not the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, okay, you guys are using, you're taking what you've learned in your limited area for your specific purpose. And you're trying but, to make the argument that every, but that's what everybody gets wrapped up yeah, in. Is I'll just say, here's, here's what's crazy. One, why does it matter? Right. Why, why, why? Here's where I, again, here's where I, somebody asked me a question and I'm like, yeah, man, I would, I would try this. Well, this guy said this. Okay. And then I say, <laughs> well, that guy really hasn't killed what you're going after. This is my point. I had the ranch ferry guy on. He's a higher, uh, you know, arrow weight, whatever. And not a, not a knock to him, but I was like, Hey, how many, how many, how many mule deer have you shot hanging off a cliff at 12,000 feet or how many elk? He hadn't shot any very controlled environment with feeders and shit and yeah, nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with that. And so for me, I, I, and I say for me, I've always been in that 475 to 525, 70 to 80 pounds. I've never come off the mountain wishing for more. I certainly never came off the mountain saying, shit, I wish I had 3% FOC. Fuck, I don't even know what it was until people started asking me. I had to go check it. Yeah. But then the big dick-a-thon comes. The, the, the man, human nature of a man, and, and, and I'm not taking a woman out of this, but this is mostly- Testosterone. Yeah. Of proving what's right, right? And so what is right? Whatever is comfortable for you is right. Where that gets kind of jaded is if you're on, you know, if, if here, here's the line, right? I mean, here's, here's the uh, Ashby Foundation line over here. And then here's the, well, there's going to be a few toss lines. Me, toss me that pen and paper. I'm gonna, I know where you're going. I'm going to do you one better. Keep uh-huh. going. Keep going. So here's the, there's the moderate, uh, there's the lightweight, there's the moderate, and there's the, the heavyweight. And where... What it what is right, and and so in my case, what's right is two hundred and eighty feet per second and four seventy five or above, as long as I'm around two eighty, and it gets so convoluted, and the learning aspect of a lot of things gets lost because of the bitching and pissing and moaning and arguing, and then there's the validity of who's actually talking. So if you look at like an Ed Ashby, what he talks about, I would never never. Um, I would never uh, argue what he says. Sure. He was shooting a longbow back, you know, when a dime bag cost a dime. Yeah. Didn't matter, right? I mean, yeah. I say it did matter. Yeah. Now you have technology, you have cams, you have speed, you have a lot of other things. And so what translates to, to now uh, of importance is not as important as back then because- yeah. look, at, look, at when, what I, look, at I, look at what I wrote, because that, that's exactly it. You know, on, on the FOC, you got a bell-shaped curve, and yeah. and you could have really low FOC on one end of the curve. You could have real heavy on the other side, but somewhere in the middle is that bulk, that that sweet spot where, okay, over time, a shit ton of successful hunters, whether it's whitetails, whether it's mountain goats, whether we're talking high country mule deer, whether we're talking elk and thick cover, there is a shit ton of repeatability and evidence that says, you know. If you're in that like 13, yeah, 12 to 15% FOC, yep. you're really good. Just go with it. Now, 
is that does that mean that on that curve I can't find a reason to have some heavy? No, it's it's it exists on there. Yeah. Or is there a way that I could say may I can argue with a lower? Sure, you can. Yeah. But at this point, you're we are we are we are on our hands and knees crawling through the weeds, you know, trying to parse stuff out. It's weird because they're they're paying more attention of how you build the watch and the pieces of it rather than telling time. <laughs> and so you, uh, let's say hypothetical elk calling, okay? How many elk have you killed or been involved in killing? Because they both count. Many, enough. Yeah. Um, one a year, two a year? Yeah. Okay. And, and or, probably or more. If it's, or if it's not killing, it's calling him in from here to the, the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. So you've, okay, so should someone come to me for calling elk or you? I would prefer them to come to me, but uh, that, that does not mean that you're not you don't have a valid input in the situation. I I, I could, but I I also don't dive into that too much for for good reason. I've killed probably as many elk as you, probably not maybe a couple well, of them are as big. I'll, but I'll bet you've killed more elk than me because in, there was a period of your time where it didn't matter if it was a four by four or a small five by five. That thing was eating your arrow. Yeah, and and I and I uh, uh, timeline. I get to probably hunt more sure. and shit, whatever. Sure. It doesn't make me better than you. And so that, you know, take that into the equation as as well. But then there's the the guy that, you know, maybe 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 he's killed one or two. Some of the stuff with this FOC thing, when you look at the the background, the the uh the pedigree of who's talking about it, it's regurgitated. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, it gets really confused and I'm not, you know, I'm not taking away if somebody has good info, they got good info, but what what I what I would say um, is and and I get you know get called arrogant for this or whatever I I don't know anybody that's shot more animals than me bigger yes lots of people that have shot bigger but I I and, and this doesn't have anything to do with a big dickathon this is knowledge you're, you're, arrow through animal the the fortunate situation that you're in in your life to allow you to go out there and hunt a shit ton and exactly and and that's what I mean like people hear that and they they like I'm saying I'm a better hunter. I have a lot of time on my hands. I have the commitment to go, and I have the um, – I, I say I have time on my hands. I have structured my life to hunt a shitload. And even yep. back in the day, I would take unpaid time off. That doesn't have anything to do with the big dickathon. No, it, yeah. it just arrows yeah. through animals. And so one of the things – you brought it up on one of the podcasts. You thought I was promoting little fixed blades. And yeah, I was well, like, yeah, yeah. Or but, something well, it like was, that. It was – I don't – well, it was – what was it? But – I, your, I remember in, that. I remember that podcast. Defense, yeah, we, you, in your defense, you hadn't listened to every, you, you don't have time yeah, to listen Yeah, yeah, to I didn't get to dissect everything that you had said. And, and, and you and had I, actually had talked about some mechanical benefits and that type of stuff. And we talked about the benefits. Well, and I both. like sever broadheads. I love severs. You, I think you really? shoot a different one. Yeah, I'm a big fan of severs. Um, oh, I hate them. Yeah, and again. See, we found one. We found an actual, like, legit. But, but that one is something I wouldn't even, I don't even argue about that because I know you and there's a reason. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And there's not, I mean, honestly, it's not even worth debating other than you tell your story and I'll tell mine and, and, and that's it. Because if, if, if you, well, why, what bad experience? I mean, obviously what, what, why'd you hate it? Uh, it is built off of the original design of the Almer edge. Okay. And, and I love those too. So, I mean, that's okay, part so, of it. So let me, let me go, let me two prong real, and I make no bones about it. So if you don't happen to have one on hand in here, do you? As a, okay, so for those people, you can look it up. So the ohm, so both of those, the sever, uh, the blades re deploy from the back. So there's a little shoulder, there's a little wing yep. up front that that as the point enters the animal, 
there's a little dull little wing that sticks out on either side, and that is attached to, it's all part of one of the blades. So as the broadhead goes, enters in, the hide and muscle connect or hit that little wing, pivot the blade out. I think this is actually going to be a good conversation. Go okay, ahead. It's, it pivots that blade out, and it's supposed to, the pivot, the blades pivot out and the, the blades are supposed to lock. And so when, when that broadhead goes through the animal, the entrance hole is large and it's supposed to continue on through. Now, I've got two criticisms. One, when that little shoulder, that little wing sticks out, when it rotates back, when it gets rotated it into the ferrule. Pivots, yep. When you look at how that rotates in there and lines up, that actually is parallel to the opposite blade. I, I know this, is, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. but other people might be getting confused. It lies up alongside the first quarter of the blade from the ferrule down the, so go from the ferrule out to the tip of one blade. That first maybe quarter of the cutting diameter is partially blocked. It's not as efficient because the the shoulder, that little wing, yeah. is laying next to the blade. So from that standpoint, philosophically, I had a I had an efficiency detraction. And, and that that's fixed now. But go okay, yeah. all right, good, okay. But the initial ones, okay, validity. So go so ahead. Um, I would say fixed. It's changed. It's, Some it's, people didn't even fucking know. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. So <laughs> that was that was initial on the surface. I had that criticism. Then my real criticism came with a number of, so when Sever launched and became, you know, they had a really massive, just this push in, in social media and people were like, oh, these things are going to be great. I had a number of our whitetail guys yeah. come out to hunt. Now, granted, technology changed, so maybe these guys have, have, have tackled this, but across two years and... No more. Yeah, at least two years, and I'm I'm trying to I'm thinking about I think about eight animals, but there's several very and there's individuals that you know that you know are quality hunters. Okay, yeah. they came out and hunted whitetails with me, and every one of those heads failed with this regard. The arrow went in, the blades deployed exactly as we're supposed to be. So when you walk up to the animal and you look at the animal. There's a massive entrance hole. And then when you look out the backside of the animal, it may or may not have had a decent exit hole. Yeah. And so we were like, what the, so, cause we lost some deer because the, the hit now granted the hit was marginal. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a 12 ring, Yeah. but we lost the deer and we didn't have the blood trail. We thought once we finally recovered the deer that were hit, when I skinned them out, well, we got, I got everything on our, and we hang it and everything. Yeah. So when I gut, I will gut it, but I'll also split the brisket up and split everything open. So you know, anyway. Cools off and shit, and you can Correct. look at things better if you want. The other, so with that vantage point of being able to see the inside of the chest cavity, yeah, I noticed a common theme on the severs, that the entrance hole in the rib cage, so not the hide. Yeah. So you have hide. You've got the flank muscles, then you have the 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 interstitial muscles between the ribs, so to speak, okay, yeah. or whatever the muscles those things are. When I was looking inside the carcass, the entrance side hole, three quarters of an inch. Yeah. The exit hole, three quarters of an inch. 
And then whatever happened coming out the other side. And what we figured what was happening was the blades were actually not locking. So when the tip entered in, the shoulders engaged, it, it just violently threw those blades open. Yeah. Which cut that, what some people call that slap cut. Yeah. Okay. But because they didn't lock, if you look at, if you take a sever and you balance it, again, you're, you're talking about resistance. The front of those shoulders are going to be out there and having resistance, but so is the back end of that blade having resistance. Right. So the so the balance between those two points ended up being right about a three quarter of an inch. So it almost looked like the what what I thought what, what I still believe for those heads across two different years, the blades were not locking. Yeah. And so when they finally went through that flank meet and when they went through the the vital cavity. The blades had sagged back to a happy medium of about a three-quarter inch cutting diameter. Mm -hmm. And then when the when that shoulder hit the muscles or ribs on the other side, opened it back it up. It would open it back yeah. up. Yeah. And so if you made a marginal hit in some places, the wound channel through the vitals or through the the the, the body cavity was not a big wound channel. Yeah. The slap cut was great. We just weren't getting the blood trails and we weren't getting out. I have no idea what they've done yeah, since then, but I, I will say, let me qualify this and I'll, I'll turn it to you. Yeah. Since then, however, I've noticed quality control issues with almost every mechanical across the board to where now I remember challenging you on that podcast. I have made a 180 as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Now that Iron Will makes their wide heads, yeah. I, I don't even I don't even look at any anybody that asks me about wanting to con come hunt with me, unless we're talking turkeys. If if you want to come hunt with me, go get yourself some iron wills, put them on the head, and just never look back, especially it, kids or ladies. But so I've I've changed my tune based on what I've seen ex experience, but I think my issue is in recent years has been a quality control issue. Now I would see and the, the, the now this is how this is weird how Sever's quality control has gotten better. Okay. And so yeah, which even made? here here nor there. Here they're made in Utah. Um Oh they are. Yeah. Okay. So the um and there may be I've parts and pieces, but I mean overall the, Sure, sure. The way that they did that is not like most companies where they get bought out by someone and they go cheaper. Paradigm buys them and it goes to China. Yeah, they they went. They've gotten better, and so you know, recently, one of the reasons, which this is funny, and I'd love to tell, and and I will I've, continue. I will look at them again. Then I'll give you an idea. I just ordered two hundred for me. <laughs> uh, that's how much I like them. Um, okay. I everything you said, just say the opposite, and that's why I like them. Literally, always a giant exit hole. Always a giant entry hole. Not an exit. Sometimes you don't get an exit. Okay. So, but are you okay? I I hear that, and I'm not discounting it. What I'm what I want to ask you is, from your audit or your deer, are are you just uh, gutless methoding them, or are you taking back and open up that chest cavity? And can we you evaluate this. what the what the wound looks like going in and out of the ribs? Well, yeah, I mean, we do the same thing. We hang it up. But oh, okay. when right, you, right, but right. I mean, the other thing too is when you can stick your hand through it, it's, you really don't have to evaluate much. That's fine. If, if so, that's what, if that is what they're doing now, not, that'd be awesome. But I, I, and I can't go into depth with all the coal hunts or whatever, but this is, you're basing it off of six. I'm basing it off of 250 animals. Sure. But, so, what, but when you have, but when you're, when the guys come to camp and rather than, 
I shot a deer and he's dead there and yay, high fives. We've got to go track a deer through the middle of our sanctuary areas and blow out our river bottoms for the next three but days. No, I'm, I'm not arguing that. What I'm saying is everything. The impact, yeah. The Every... impact of my, my, my impact on experience, even though it might have been a handful of animals, yeah. was significant enough to where I'm like, if this is happening just on a whitetail. Yeah. And I will no. say there's nothing tougher than an outdad in North America. Not even close. Um, I mean, I wouldn't Boar? say that. What's that? Boar? Yeah, no. Pigs? No. I've never seen anything tougher than now, Dad. From, from hide, or are you just talking about will to live? Will to okay, live. Okay, all right, all right. And, oh, yeah, no, not, not. They're tough for, in comparison to an ungulate compared to a pig, they are tough for an ungulate. But just the fuckers dying, right? Yeah. They like to live. They like to take arrows and bullets. And we strongly urge guys to... It with the right setup to bring a sever because of the massive wound channels and the entries and exits. So it's, well, I'm not arguing. Sure, you sure. are an no. honest guy. You know, when, when everything you said, I've you, said you it's going to be. You have a different. You have a different experience with it. When did you? So the, but they're recent. Okay. Right. And now that's, I that I, that's I, a valid point I, because I, maybe we are evaluating that product from two points of uh, uh two different points in time yeah in which because the same thing goes i and i will give the reason why i was kurt this is back when kurt was still alive we were really excited about looking at severus because i too i do believe that a rear deploying mechanical head is the best design for a head i don't like the jackknife over the top well, types well and they'll flip off the oh there's so animal. many problems so yeah. a rear deploying blade is the way to go so my original i like the original uh well especially the hypodermic the, the rage i that finally was a, like the newer one they're, okay they're, see that's the thing is they went they started off awesome they got bought out sent to china and they turned to shit their, their new retention system is is good and so, so there, so we might be sitting in a situation where I have not had experience with the new version that is that has corrected everything that I. And one of the reasons I said this is going to be a good conversation is this is like when we were talking about FOC, whatever. Sure. How can I argue without coming off air again or whatever, yeah, you yeah. know, and try to. Um, well, you and I could do it, but I mean, to say, hey, my experiences have been different. Here's some blood trails, you know, whatever. Oh, you're probably paid by them. Okay, well, that's not the case, you know, but th this is just me trying to get info out there. And it, so if you were with us for, when I say with us, like on some of these cool hunts in the um, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, even in your neck of the woods area, um, when you see that kind of devastation, you're like, it, you know, it, 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 it sells you. For the same reason it, it, it did not sell you was... Yes. That thing went down and, you know, whatever. Oh, he hit it in the stomach. Like, yep. I hit one. Um, and quite um, honestly, for those people listening, that was my argument it, during that what the podcast you were referring to. That was my argument for mechanicals. When, yeah. when I was trying to advocate, and, I'm like, the mat, if you shank a shot and you, you in, inadvertently send one through the liver and the guts, there's no substitute for a massive hole. Well, and this will be this will be off the subject of. um what we're talking about, but the same kind of thread sort of, um, so sever, I'll just send you something you can try them out. Um, I, I, yes, I would love it. So with a lot of what we do on these cool hunts is testing. And when I say that sure. no one's paying us to test, but I answer questions. 
I hit, Amy was in the blind with me and we were planning on her shooting a deer. Deer wouldn't come in and it was a bit of a stretch of a, not like way, way out there, but for a white tail, 40 is a stretch, yeah. right? 40 is yeah. a poke. So I think it was 43 and she's like, just, you know, you shoot it. So I shoot it right when I shoot, like white tails do, spins. And it's one of those shots you talked about. Stomach, right? I mean. Yeah, quarter it, through, you got part of the liver and stomach. Yeah. And it, so what, what this was what was crazy. I hit it with a two inch sever and zipped out the rear quarter, but I missed the, um, I didn't hit the uh, artery. artery and I missed the pleuric artery. I didn't hit anything that was, Valuable. so anyway, it runs out there to, to like 98 and I'm like, I'm going to hit it again. So now it's, it's getting to be low light and I'm like, honey, try to watch. So I, I shoot and the first shot now, keep in mind, I had thought I'd pinwheeled it. Now, and, and I'm telling this story as it happened because I, I don't think I hit it the first shot. <laughs> so when it ran out there and stopped. It was it was a virgin shot. The animal's just fine. I fucking, dude, I still don't know. So, <laughs> and, and again, I, I you know, people hear these, you know, and they, and they try to find something negative out of this. And I tell yeah. these to, you got to take the good out of this. Yeah. It went through it so fast, the first shot. From the moment I shot it, I wasn't sure I hit it, but I don't. I don't generally miss at that distance unless the animal spins. But what, it, but what it sound like though? Because hit, because it hit sound. That was the thing. The sound of a that two inch because that's, that's the thing. A pop. Yes. You. Yes. Yes. But, so yes. I. I. But we're in a blind and it's a little windy. Okay. And so, so maybe you missed it. Okay. Fair enough. But yep. I would have bet any amount of money. I, I hit it, except for there's always that Jesus. A two inch does not go through an animal that fast. So. It runs out, and I hit it. Part of the problem is there's only one hole in the deer, and we'll never know, right? Yeah. So it runs way out there, and now I'm just trying to hit the yeah, fucker. Yeah, yeah. Follow up, get it down. Follow up, which I want to talk about that here in a few. Either way, we get up there, and I'm like, Jesus, like, I fucking, wherever I hit it, it yeah. went through the whole body, right? Like, you know, again, that, that clip that shoulder, liver, guts, you yeah. know, all the way through. Not just stomach, but intestines, which you hit those intestines, they die fast. You know, yeah. more more shit damage. So we're tracking it. Ryan Rotier, who's seen a lot of deaths, he's watching me in a headlamp. He's driving her out. He comes up, and I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know how yeah. this thing's still alive. I, you can hear it when we get to it. It's bedded looking at us, and now the headlamps are on. You can hear its stomach sloshing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, which It's liquid in there. Yeah, it's, which is not pretty. This is not glorifying it, but, but you're what, what you're saying is there's massive trauma. Yeah, and and, the and I want people to hear this because some people would let that deer sit overnight. When there's that much trauma, I am not a fan of that. Now, I don't want to argue about that, but it's a doe. You know, people might let a buck sit and not a doe, but for me, I've got no trees. Right, we're in North Texas. I am not worried about losing this deer. I'm going to find it, and there's so much damage. I feel, you know, yeah. whatever capabilities I have feeling guilty. I, I'm yeah. feeling it. So I'm like, fuck it, Ryan, get the headlamps on. Let's run her down. So we can hear her sloshing when the headlamps on her and she's right in front of us. And I'm like, I'm like, Ryan, have you ever even seen anything like this? She went 400 yards. Yeah. Now, yeah. and again, pushing her or whatever, yeah, okay, obviously, okay, you know. I was just going to say, and, it, so, she would have, she would have bedded right down there and she would have died there. Uh, oh, when where she where I yeah. shot her the second time, she would have died. I didn't want her to. Yeah, that's a low. That's a horrible death, right? Correct. And and so 100%. I'm like, fuck it, let's get another arrow in her. We get up there. There's a shot in the dome because I yeah. shot her right in the forehead because 
yeah. she was looking at. And again, I don't condone headshots, but for fuck's sake, if she's 12 yards away looking at me and I got a headlamp on that, put her down. Yeah. There's an entry and an exit. Where I hit her, was it the first shot or was it the 97? I don't know. If I would have hit her with a small fixed, I th- I think there would have been more problems because of 100%, coyotes. 100%. And, and so, that was the issue on our original conversation. That was the, the discussion thread. And here is where if you talked about this on a forum, nothing good, no informational would come out of this because of the shit show you pushed it you shouldn't have. Well, let's hypothetically, I hit it with a fixed blade and there's coyotes. Yeah, that's the thing. And so, so for me, I'm like, okay, we're not going to find her because of coyotes. So- I had a higher probability, well, I had 100% dang near probability of finding her because of that giant hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Where probably would have had some more wind in her without her sloshing around like that with 100%. a fixed blade. These are things people, if you're listening, assess these when you shoot an animal, yeah. right? So for me, I'm like, there's nothing left inside of her. I mean, she's got lungs and a heart, yeah. but everything else is gone. Yeah. And I didn't want her to sit when I'd lose her from coyotes, but the next one was, dude, We'll find her like because yep. there's no trees. There's there's grass, but you can alleviate that. Just walk through in a headlamp at night. You're going to see the eyeballs sticking out. And we've got 12, 2000 lumen headlamps. Yeah. So I was like thinking of the conversation you and I had was man, that would have been one with a small fixed blade. That would have been Sucked. well, she would have run for yeah. seven miles. And, and yeah. quite honestly, you wouldn't have had a bullet trail. No, I mean, and you, it, it would have been and if it was, you found her. If I had a big enough blood trail where even with the intestines couldn't plug the hole. Yeah. Right. There was, there and, was, and some of it was bile. And, you yeah. know, I know this is a podcast and people can listen to this and everybody wants to paint this perfect picture, but shit happens. And I think well, this educating. Is what, okay. So let, 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 if you don't mind, let me, let me piggyback off of that because I, I've dealt with the same thing. Number one, this, is this this does touch on some of the discussion that Matt Ranella had on that Blood Origins podcast and then also on the Meat Eater podcast, but about sharing everything or share, you know, or don't share, you know, don't don't cherry pick, so to speak. My statement with that was as long as you can have two things. One, the emotional maturity to have have the conversation couched in an educational standpoint, number yep. one. And number two, you better be able to freaking demonstrate to me the empathy that was that was extended to the animal. Because yeah. one thing I cannot stand is people, are, oh, you know, the North American model of wildlife conservation, you know, respect. I, 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 get, get, shut the, shut up with your freaking respect if, if you, what you demonstrate is zero empathy. Yeah. So with what you just said there, I, I've, re- I've dealt with the same thing in, in Kansas. So yes, that that's the problem. There's in the hunting world, you're going to have to f- have those times where you have to make a decision on, do I press this animal or do I back out? Because, Point taken this past year. Youth hunter, rifle season. Um, While you're telling a story, I'm going to pee. Go for it. Uh, he, this is a, a rifle hunt. Uh, the shot was about 150, 200 yards broadside. Uh, dad and grandpa was there with the youth, youth hunter. Youth hunter pops off a shot. Boom. Dad, experienced hunter. Uh, here's the sh- Clearly hit the animal. You clearly hit the animal. You watch the re- he watched the reaction of the animal. The animal jumps up, does the whole, you know, mule kick, takes off, runs down the field edge, dives into the timber in the corner of the field. Dead deer, right? So more deer out in the field. Long story short, there's other deer out in the field. They have other tags. So boom, they shoot another deer. And so actually they end up shooting 
all of their tags that night. So they end up getting two bucks and a, and this, well, ended up being three bucks. It was supposed to be two bucks and a dough and it ended up being a, a young buck, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so we've got, we got multiple deer on the ground. So the, the, so we go up, recover the two deer that are dead laying in the field. That's not a problem, but we go to find the youth hunters deer. And that thing, there's not, there, there's now we've got 50 to a hundred deer using this particular field. We haven't had a drop of moisture in months. So all the dust, it's just, really easy to track. It's just, it's just, it's just, <laughs> there's just footprints everywhere. everywhere it's yeah. rock hard. It's, it's a cut corn field. So there's, you know, it, it's just, it's just deer tracks everywhere. So I, I'm like, all right, there's not a drop of blood. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, there's no question. The deer reacted. I could hear it hit. I'm like, all right. So we go and we track this animal and there's nothing. And so it's like, okay, well, we have nothing. We don't know where the hit was. The, 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 the kid had already missed a deer or what we thought was missed a deer earlier in the hunt. So at this point, we're like, okay, this makes sense to where we say, okay, I know me operating on this, my piece of ground. I know where this deer went. Yeah. I, I, he went this trail. They're going to dive into this chunk and they're either going to stay in this chunk or they're going to go to this chunk. So, but I can't do that. I can't do that in the dark without just drive, you know, possibly I said, we're going to have to come back in the morning. So we come back in the morning and sure enough, there is no blood. There is no hair. There's nothing I'm like what the, all right, let's just, let's just go into the corner. Here's how the deer move. This is how they use the landscape. Let's go in here and look. And it wasn't 15 minutes. Got him. Yeah. Stone dead. And the only thing that was left of that animal was a portion of the cape and his head. Everything else legit. I've got the pictures of it and, and it's gone. Coyotes gone. Now, we looked at the carcass, what ended up happening for some reason, which I still don't have a, an explanation for, the bullet never expanded. Yeah. It just penciled Straight right through. through. Yep. He, he had a perfect quartering away shot that went right tight behind cool. the, sh and, and it came out the neck. So it should, so he made a great shot. It, the, 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 the performance of the equipment failed and we, because of due diligent ethics, we had to follow it up the next day, but we lost the entire animal because we, we had to leave it. Now, let me share a second story. That's the flip side of that. So you sit there and you, from last year as well. So some people that say, no, 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 no. You should have backed out and, and let him, you know, recover that deer the next morning. Yeah. I, I understand what you're talking about. And for your situation, you got shoot an animal. It's going to bed down quickly. Or if you, or if it's just not a non-vital hit, it's gonna bed down quickly. The question is, what happens during the time period between when you back out and you come back the next day, sixteen hours later? That's what I was gonna bring up a second ago. Is that is a tough decision. Let me let me share this little freaking wonder. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about Chrissy getting hot? Yeah. I I I'm proud of myself on restraint here. So we have we've talked about this before. Who's who's Chrissy? Me. Chris, Chris Rowe, my, oh. my alter ego, Chris. I was going to say, he, gotcha. my, my, I got it now. My Chrissy's going to start talking. Me, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start talking. Um, so on our, because we manage, because blah, blah, for a variety of reasons, we have a very known outfitter yeah. that likes to hunt our fence lines. Yeah. And his business model uh, anywhere around us is to put a corn pile off of our fence line, put a ground blind there or a tree stand or whatever, and then try to sucker whatever he can get out of our bedding areas and out of our, uh, off our property. On, and, so, and he'll just stack his clients in there and shoot whatever they can shoot. 
I've always made the policy, listen, I don't like what the outfitter is doing, but the hunter that's booking the hunt doesn't know this. He, yeah. he, he, they, they don't know any better. Yeah. So if a hunter comes out there and actually shoots an animal and the animal goes back across our fence line, I will allow the, we will recover that animal yeah. and the hunter will be able to get their animal. I will accompany the hunter. The hunter and I will go onto my property. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, because because I don't need someone else knowing where all my tree stands are, where all my my food plots are, where all the deer movement trails. Are. No, you don't need to know my operation. Number one, number two, your freaking hunter. I mean, your business model is making it to where when your hunter kills something and goes on to me, I have to disturb my operation in order to help you. Yeah. So I'm already, I'm like, all right, I don't like, is it ethical? Uh, is it legal? It's completely legal what he's doing. Is it ethical? Is it right? I, th- those are value sets, judgments. But I know what in damage it does to, you know, if if I have to go in the middle of my sanctuary area yeah. to go find this jackass's client's hunters, okay? So I will always let them go in, but it's going to be me and the hunter and we're going to do it carefully, yeah. all right? So this past year, boom, get a phone call. Hey, Chris, one of our hunters shot a buck and uh, it, it it went over the fence onto you. You know, we need, I'm like, all right. So we go out there. I, I, I hear this story. Now this, I'm not, there, there's a, there's a, there's a portion of this that is judgment on the hunter because I don't think the hunter was prepared. I will put more judgment on the outfitter in the fact that he didn't evaluate the hunter to make sure that this wouldn't happen. But the deer jumped the fence, goes out to their corn pile. He shoots. He hits the deer. The deer just just plows into the ground, face first, face plants, flopping, flopping, flopping. Guy shoots again, misses. Guy shoots again, misses. Apparently shoots two or three, four more times, misses. Apparently runs out of ammo. Rifle? Rifle. Okay. Okay? So, meanwhile, this deer is stove, just plowing, he can't get up on his front legs and he's just flopping, flopping and pushing, flopping, flopping to get to the fence line and then just lays there. So the hunter's thinking, okay, well, I'll just wait. He calls the outfitter. The outfitter's like, yeah, just wait, let him die. Well, the deer doesn't die. Somehow gets his legs underneath him and jumps the fence and goes into our property. Spine shock, basically. Hold on. (laughs) So I get there. I go through everything with the hunter. I'm like, okay, where was he standing? What was he, how does he, I want to know angles. I want to know distance, angles, everything. He tells me, I'm like, all right, so basically what you're telling me and the fact that there's no blood or there's very little blood where he could find, I'm like, if that deer didn't die in the field, then maybe you pulled it a little farther back. And, you know, maybe it was a, you know, something I said, all right, let's go. So we start going over there, boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden we find blood. And there's blood and there's blood and just, there's just blood and, and pushing and blood and just, I'm like, what the frick? Long story short, jump the fence, start looking around, headlamps, look, 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 look. All of a sudden I look up and the blood trail is squirrel. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's like loops and going under things that a deer would never go under. It's yeah. like, what are we doing here? And I was, I come around the corner and boom, in the headlamp from here to that trap in the corner of the room, there's the buck laying there very much alive, <laughs> just exhausted can't move just it's just sitting there looking at and so okay to your point in Kansas it is illegal to dispatch an animal at night with a headlamp with any if if you wanted to go and dispatch that animal it was turn off all headlamps 
pull out a knife and go over there, tackle the animal, and, and slit its Quite throat. honestly, that could be illegal in Texas, but I would argue that I did the right thing. Okay, so this is where, okay, so again, this is where you want to talk about Chrissy wrestling in his own mind because if, because I'm with you because I have literally, this is Kansas. This is Kansas policy. I called a secondary, this is many years ago, uh, opening weekend of pheasant season. I'm down on our one of the properties. All of a sudden, I come around, the, I'm literally going to go in and pull one of my tree stands. This is when I was just hunting on a friend's place. I walk in there and here is a legit 108, probably 180, 190 inch mule deer. Beautiful. Four by four. Just, I mean, stud buck. Bottom jaw blown completely off. And it's just hanging, just shards are hanging on. I'm like, and he's bedded down underneath my tree. So I can't get to my tree stand and the deer's landing there. So for me, my brain, I'm like, this is, this is a no brainer. Go back to the house, call the game warden. Game warden comes over. We walk in. He dispatches the animal. Done. You know, he can take the animal, whatever. Just put the animal out of his mirror. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I'm not going to come and shoot it. Just let the coyotes take care of it. Just let nature take its course. I'm like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? So I, I'm, I'm like, I'm launched right now. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. And, and I'm not going to name names. I'm like, that's no, no. I, you need to get here now because we're not leaving this animal down there. He's to not suffer. growing a job. Back. No, yeah. no, he's he's gonna starve to death or the coyotes. Well, so finally, I convinced the game warden to come. This is like an hour and a half, two hours later. Yeah. So by the time we walk down to the back to the spot, it's moved off. Whether yeah. the coyotes pushed him or whatever, we follow the drips of blood. It jumps to the fence line, and, and so now the gamers are like, "Well, all right, I'm out." Because I can't do anything because it's on my neighbor's property. Yeah. I was freaking livid. Yeah. I'm like, I should have just kept my mouth shut. And I'm not telling people to do this because it would be illegal. Because yeah. I'd already killed my buck and I can't, I didn't have a mule deer tag. So it's illegal for me to legally dispatch that buck. Yeah. It is ethically impossible for me to watch that deer just, su- no. Yeah. I'm not no, going to say what I would have done, but it would not have ended that way. So here we are in Kansas. It's illegal to do that. What I or you personally would do on your own ground is your own business. But here I am with some another hunter that I don't know, who's a client of an, a neighboring outfitter, neighboring business off of another property. I have to fly above board. Right. There is no there is no discussion here. That deer is alive. We need to back out now. We have to come back in the morning. So at this point, we're th- we're operating off the idea that okay, well he just he. Probably got a liver gut shot. Okay, the deer will be dead in the morning. I'm thinking, we're just going to find this deer and it's going to be chewed up by coyotes. Come back the next morning. We walk in there. Deer's not laying in his bed. I'm like, okay, he got up and moved. That that happens. Fast forwarding. This blood trail takes us about, uh, probably about an hour. Man, 45 minutes to try to figure out. It's doing loops and just this, just nonsensical movement. And the blood stops. And all I'm looking at is scuffs in the leaf litter and sand. And I'm realizing this deer normally, if it had legs on it, should have been going in this direction to go and access another part of our property, which is the sanctuary where the buck probably came from. He's probably headed to the river. Yeah. Let's just go to the river because the li- the river drops down significantly enough to where if it was a gut shot, maybe he's laying next to the river. Yeah. And if he got himself in the river, maybe he wouldn't be able to get himself out of the river. Sure enough, we start walking up there, and all of a sudden, I see an antler. This buck's still alive. Yeah, I'm like, what the? And so it's buck, not a stomach hit. No, it been, is not. Yep, septic shock, whatever. Or septic, Nothing. Whatever. So I'm like, where the freaking hell? So meanwhile, the guy's with me. And I point. 
and it, the deer's like 15 yards in front of us. I'm like, dude, it's right there. I said, he's bedded this way. I said, I, I want you, I'm, I'm trying to coach the guy. I'm like, I want you to step in front of me. I said, I want to take two steps. I said, you can see right from here. You can get a perfect shot right down it. What I didn't understand was he thought I was talking about across the river, 150 yards away. I'm like, this is hindsight, 2020. So as we're talking about, all of a sudden the wind swirls. Yeah. And this buck gets at our wind and a head comes up and he decides he's going to try to get up. So now the guy's like, oh shit, it's right there. Picks up, boom, shoots it. It goes through the spine into the guts. The buck just flops back down. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I run up there to the animal. No. His first shot went under the brisket and took out both bones of his front legs. Yeah. It blew the his front I, legs completely apart. I was going to say that because that is the only thing that would make sense on what you were telling scooting. me. Scooting. Scooting. Pushing yeah. and scooting. scooting. Pushing and scooting. Yep. And he'd and probably get them every now and then to yep. hit and what, yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm at this point, two things. Number one. Pissed. Holy <laughs> shit balls, man. So now we've got more gunshots ringing out in our river bottom. I've got my hunters still in there. Yeah. So we are legitimately screwing up my ability to operate off a chunk of our real estate simply because I've got somebody, a, cl a neighbor's client or a, a compete, an outfitter's client on my property. And apparently this guy, he's hunted before. This particular buck was a, it was a young buck, you know, basket rack buck, but it was still the biggest buck he'd ever killed. Yeah. So he's, he, he's hunted before, but I've got to believe he's a, he's a, an inexperienced hunter. Yeah. And obviously he doesn't have the emotional capacity to control himself. So what am I going to do? So I went down and, and I, I, I had to make a decision and I just basically, as the deer was laying there, I'm like, I just held his face under the water around him. Yeah. And I, the guy was standing there and you could see that it, I was I was just, I was pissed off. I was just mortified about what this deer just went through for the past 16 hours. Yeah. So those people that want to get on, so we, yeah, uh, of course the deer died and, and we recover the deer and, and the kid, you could see the guy, he, let's just say there was very little conversation when we dragged him back out of the yeah, river bottom because yeah. he knew that this was not pretty. Yeah. Now, the fact that the outfitter decided later on to go and drag it out in the field and then do this massive grip and grin and just, oh, yeah. oh we're laying them down in Kansas. And I'm like, you mother yeah. fucking, you, <laughs> you have no, you don't, you know what happened. You know what had to have happened, how ugly and disgusting this entire process were. And you're still going to glorify that just, we, we, we've got a set of antlers on the ground. Yeah. Just, I was well, off. But this thing is, for the people that are on social media, that, that like to be the haters, that like to say, oh, you should have let that deer sit. or should. Okay, well, we did. And for 16 hours, yeah. that the, 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 the brutalness, because we could tell that he probably got pushed that way because the coyotes were probably messing with him. Yeah. Um, and out there, that is... It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, so, so you can sit there and say on your, your moral high horse that you should let animals sit. For, for what fate... Versus in some cases, it is best, it, you know, in your situation, you guys knew you're like, okay, it sounds incredible. We're going to make the decision. Let's push and let's just end this now. Yeah. Now, again, I have no idea what Texas law is, but 
there are times when I'll take the ticket if people are listening. That's exactly I, it. Yeah. <laughs> I will absolutely take the the sixty eight dollar dumbass ticket. Yeah, and I will go in front of a DA and I'll argue my case. Yeah. And if they want to still press, I'll take that one to a jury trial. Yeah, because I want to sit in front of an average Joe Schmedley citizen, my peers, and sit there and say, uh, what 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 would you want me to do? Because yeah. I guarantee it's going to be not guilty. Or it's, it'll be acquitted. And if I am guilty, I'll, okay, fine. I'll, I'll take it. And if you want a you know, five-year suspension, or I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it because ethically, no. I'm not going to sit there and purposely watch an animal go through that bullshit. If so, it, so, for, for example, with my story, um, because I'm sure if people listen to this, they're concocting things, that, not in a negative way, but yeah, r- scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I would have got to that deer, right? Because, again, when I shot it first, I thought I hit it. And when I shot it the second time, I wasn't sure, right? But the first one had the pop, had, you know, what, you you know, I I thought I hit it. But windy, you're in a blind, a little different. It's easy enough for me. I went up there and I'm like about where the second shot was. And and I'm teaching Amy the entire, everything Amy and I do, I teach her. And I'm like, all right, honey, from where we were, I counted fence posts. I said it was five over because, yeah, whatever, it's, you know, Whatever. From White vantage field. point perception, yeah. you can count. So five I went to the there. ground blind, went over, and I was like, ah, the fucker was about here, range the blind, and I'm like, there should be blood here. She's like, Is there always blood immediately? I'm like, No, no, but it should have been bleeding from the first arrow. The second arrow, probably not. Usually, you know, 30, yeah. 40 yards. Yeah. And I'm like, if there's blood here, I hit it the first time. Well, there's blood there. Well, fuck, I had to have hit it the first arrow. She's like, Do you think you hit it the second? A ninety seven yard bomb? Probably not. You know, yeah. there's a ch- I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I can keep it in Yeah, but your low light, yeah. you know, in Environmental conditions. You, you Beating the fucker up, too, because yeah. I'm like, okay, I got to get this shot off. So I'm like, there's blood here. We're good. So we, I'm like, hey, let's get the headlamps out. And I, and she's like, what do you think? And I said, well, the fact I'm not sure where I hit it, let's just creep through here. And I said, generally, if they're real hurt, we're going to see their eyeballs. And they just yeah, the, the whole lot. Especially, yeah. especially if it is a gut shot like that. Yep. They're going to feel bad really quick, and yep. they're going to hole up. And I, sh- I probably hit the liver, and they really bad with that. You know, or that's now, a, you can added. still bump them. Yep. getting in there too quick, but yeah. bottom line, yeah. So we walk right up to it. I mean, basically, yeah. And runs down, and it runs a hundred yards, and I'm like, we're not leaving it. And I'm, I'm telling her how this works. Most, not most. You will hear we're leaving it for the night. A lot on TV shows and things like that. It is not my position to say right or wrong with what they're doing. But for me, if it runs 100 yards in beds, we're going after it's it. It's hurt. We're, we're going, right? And, and, and not to say they can't get a second wind, but what's the other option? It is going to get eaten. Yeah. Guaranteed. You're yeah. not getting anything out of it tomorrow. Yeah. And, well, there's a chance. No, there's no chance yeah. with coyotes. They're eating it. And yeah. so- same, same with where we are at. Uh, yeah. I, and I want people to, to listen to what Chris and I are. This is important. It's going to get eaten anyway. Run after. Go. Yeah, Ch- chase you, you're go- you, Let's just put it this way. You are going to lose the functional use of that animal. Now, if all you give a shit about are the antlers, yeah. oh, well, then fine. Then just leave it be and, and come back and collect the head in the morning when the coyotes get done eating it. Yeah. But if you sit there and, and you have climbed up on your the pedestal of the North American model of wildlife conservation and you hunt because of meat and you hunt because of all these noble things, well, then the antlers aren't part of that noble thing. It's the meat. So if the animal is going to either sit overnight and be consumed by coyotes, or I may have to bump this thing a couple times and either recover it 
or damn it, I did lose it. Okay, you lost it both ways. Yeah. You just didn't recover the antlers on it. Or if it it was a doe, okay, I just didn't recover any part of it. Yeah, and in in my case- In that case, you take the risk of bumping it and recovering it. And and I was, you know, because with Amy, I wanted to learn this. I was like, look, I'll run it down. Like, I'll, I'll run this deer. And I don't mean like I'm going to run. Well, I do run after him sometimes. But I mean, I, I'll, I'll get another arrow in it. So, Rotier's there. Amy's there. I'm like, hey, grab your headlamps. We'll just run it down. Get. I was like, I don't want this fucker sitting there all night. Like, I could hear it sloshing. Yeah. And, and when you have evidence that it's significantly impaired like that, yeah. that's a lot different than, oh, shit, I don't know where I hit it. I don't, you know, the it, blood it, doesn't seem right. And that was my hypothetical yeah. when we were on top of this little, uh, you know, kind of a plateau when I found blood was we're going to creep after it. If it takes off like a bat out of hell. Would, okay. would leave it alone, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's but, a different, that's a different equation. Yeah, and I, but I told her, I said, I hit it in the stomach and liver. It's going to be bedded, and it'll be looking at us. We'll see it in the headlamp. We don't go 70 yards. And 70 yards in the dark, tracking a blood trail, trying to be seems sneaky. Forever. seems 200, but I track it. I, I actually pay attention uh, to it for these reasons. And so I'm like, pre, and I, oh, there it is. And so I was going to shoot it. I didn't have her behind me with the headlamp. Can't see through the peep. Run 75 yards, and, and Rotier's coming around the corner. He hikes up to me. I tell him what's up. He's like, dude, I could hear it sloshing from the fucking road. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're good. Let's just go after it. We get it. End of story. Whatever. You, you get yeah. the point. If you're going to lose it anyway, I'm all for no suffering. Yeah. Like, it, 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 in that, and, again, I will agree with this. If you know that level of damage has occurred— then you have a high probability of catching up to that animal in a constructive manner. It, For, and social media is so bad, though. Remember that big buck yeah, I shot? Yeah, but everybody has this moral, high, this this artificially inflated credential, and and they have you know some magical foresight that that I you know I agree. I, I hear you. People are like, oh well, this is what I would have done. This you don't have a damn clue in the world, especially on some of the. I see. I hear. So, because a lot of if they're whitetail hunters, especially some of these people back east are hunting on small acreage. Okay, that photo. Okay, right. Yep. Okay. So, what what's your initial thought of that? Not the deer size, but the what that photo. It's your it's your typical you success photo. I can't see the back end of it, but the, so it, lo- that, it, it looks like the, your t- your typical success photo. You can't see the back end. Yeah. So, <laughs> me doing the right thing. If I wanted a photo, a, a, a good photo of that deer, because it was low light when I hit yeah, it. Yeah, there's um, you're, you're not you're not doing a broadside. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So we, me being me, because the horns, as you know, aren't overly important. Of course, I want to shoot big animals. Sure, but it is. But but again, it's part of it. It it, it better it better be a part of yeah. it, not the. So I don't leave the guts in it for a good photo. I don't. At risk anything as far as losing it, I hang it. Yeah, like you should. Split the so cavity he's, open. So he's probably stiff from hanging there. Rig, rigged as hell. Yeah. So there you are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the first thing, still a good photo. One of the first comments. Oh, got shot it, ate the ass out, huh? Real ethical. And I'm like, you motherfucker. I did everything right. Correct. And I and I typed about it, but they didn't read it. Yeah. Now, when I say right, what I consider right. Yeah. Hang it up. Split it open. And when I say split it, I do the same as you. I split them way up. And then we, yeah. you know, spread them out. And it was pretty cold that night. If it was real bad, I would have split it down. Maybe the door sold open up. The back straps was cold as shit. Didn't matter. Because of social media, this ends up on a forum because of the shot I took. 
that it got the ass eaten out because I made a bad shot. It ran 45 yards and died. It's 170-some-inch whitetail. When it runs off, I call Scotty. I'm like, hey, shot a giant buck, and I'm shitting my pants, right? I haven't shot a 170-inch whitetail before. Tell him where I hit it. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, dude, I'll sit here. I'll I'll wait. Like, I don't want to push this deer. That was a lie because in about 20 minutes, a doe comes in, winds straight at me from her, blowing like crazy. And she's blowing right where the deer went in. I'm like, a buck's dead. Yeah, he went down. Again, assessment. Yep. I didn't just jump. the behavior of the, yes, exactly. I didn't just jump out of the stand and run over. So I do my breast version of climbing down as quiet as I can, knock an arrow, pivot around, check my wind to where I've got open shots. If he's still alive, I get up, he's dead as shit. It's late. Well, I don't want to screw that area up. I don't want 18 guys in there. So I Cameron Haynes it. I throw it on my shoulder and get the fuck out, right? I get back to my tree stand. I grab my pack. I get Scotty's laughing because I'm pissing sweat. And I'm like, dude, I didn't want to screw this area up, right? And you can only shoot one buck per county, but Scotty's still hunting, buddy. So I'm like, okay. So we just drive it back. He's like, what do you want to do? And I said, man, I can just get a frontal photo in the morning. Let's just hang this fucker up, get it cleaned out. Get it taken care of. Get the meat Make sure it's taken care of properly so the meat is not spoiled and yeah. lost. But where I want to circle back to this, I would like to have a platform to go over that entire scenario well, to uh, teach. Yes. Not and, not have a bunch of fucking chuckleheads dive let me, in. Let me know if you want <laughs> let me know if you want help, but I'll jump on that sucker as well because that's where I'm going with my podcast. I'm done. Yeah. I, I'm I'm done with the bullshit. Because that's the thing with, with the Matt Ranella side of you know, I understand his point. Now, we, we can have some fundamental disagreements on a couple of things that he said, but bottom line is social media is it, there. There's so many good things that can be. And again, I, I listened to your podcast with Blood Origins and, and there, you know, there's so many good things that can come out of social media. But then there's also a lot of bullshit that comes with it, too. But my defense of Matt is do it different. Like I, I that's 100 percent, because that, the thing that I had an issue with and and um it's it time enough time has passed now where it doesn't matter. But um, my my biggest issue with with what I heard as far as a reaction from Matt was just that it was a reaction. So many people listen to that just enough to get a visceral reaction and then launch rather than listening to what he was saying and then going okay. Now uh, qualifications. It seemed like in the Blood Origins one, the longer he talked, the more out in left field he got. Yeah. So. Qualified that that's fine, no. but the underlying issues that that he had, I sat there and I'm like, yep, 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 check. I mean, I was so like, one hundred percent. When I talked to him on the phone, I said, Matt, I one of the reasons I'm so pit-, he goes, well, I understand you threaten bodily harm, and I said, yeah, I'm going to conk you in the head. That's what I said, yeah. and, and I I would at the right point yeah. in time. I said, like, but Matt, I'm not disagreeing with you. Why I was so bothered is I am listed as the 13th worst hunter of all time, and I agree with everything you fucking say. I was like, and I said, now, hold on, not everything. I'm like, but. A lot of of what you said, the the underlying theme was valid. I said, why don't you get on my podcast and let me help you not sound like such a jaded asshole? And and I think those were my exact words. I said, because, dude, good can come of this. I was like, but I do get irritated at how... You know, you shoot an animal, somebody did in a couple years ago, left the guts in it all night to get a better photo with their friends. 100% happens all the time. I hate that. I, 100%. I do too. And when you weigh it out for me, antlers are cool, but I eat 500 pounds of meat a year, me, 
My wife eats quite a bit. We give it to friends, and, it, you know, it's a good introduction into hunting. Hey, this tastes really good. I mean, all that good yep. shit, whatever. So when I, what, my, my point was with, with what I want to do is not, you know, because you can't do all or nothing on social, but you could on a private platform. Yes, Meaning, you can. I want people to know I took, I shot this deer and I don't even want to go into where I shot it. I felt comfortable with the shot. It was eight yards or very close, died in 45. Why I chose to take that shot. Should I have taken that shot? I mean, I don't, I'm an open book. I don't give yeah. a shit. I'm like, all right. Well, and okay. Should somebody else take that shot? And, Cause I, I, I Texas heart shot it at eight yeah, yards. Yeah. I was going to say that's the only way. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it, I, I am not opposed to that shot and I'll get bashed for saying this. In one percent of the time, that, or maybe two, meaning, I deer didn't know I was there, wasn't alert, stopped to feed, eight yards. If I can't hit that at eight yards, well, the deer could move. Yes, it can. Okay, it could. Where is your skill set? Can you shoot? Yeah. Okay. Can you hold under pressure? Well, that's a bad impression to the rest of the world. Okay. Let uh, meaning that that, sure. that uh, I and I don't disagree with any of that. But if you could get so much value of knowledge from that, meaning, for example, that deer's broadside, totally alert, hyped up, and you're shitting your pants, and I had a trad bow, I would rather take the shot I had than a cornering away high alert deer. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is, so, the, yes, the one thing that struck me, what you were just saying, the other thing, too, that and, and this is where I'm personally conflicted, and and I I haven't even wrestled myself with this because I'm going to come across, not now, but over time, maybe come across hypocritical. the The thing is, is education. Why is it always the criticism coming back from now? I know where I'm a hypocrite now. Um, there are a lot of different people consuming information and wanting to learn that are many different steps along the path of being but, a hunter. So there are the newbies that don't know any better. There are the youngster the, the young hunters that are just getting a taste and getting going in it. But there are some very experienced hunters that also could benefit from this. Click that video there. Okay, the, the second one down. And this is a prime example of what you're talking about. Because that's the thing is, is a lot of times what, they're clearing away. Watch that whole thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your initial assessment? Seeing that not knowing me. Not knowing you. Uh, it was a good quartering away shot. And my guess is right about the time you were about to break that shot, you were already committed to breaking that shot. That animal took a couple steps. But... You, it was a quartering away shot. It looked like it angled. It, pro, it went in high, came angled down in. When the animal runs away, I'm looking at a fair bit of arrow sticking out of it. But the arrow, in my estimation, got into the vitals. Okay. So if the, anim, of- if the animal was walking and never paused, I would have said bad shot. The animal stopped, was quartering away. Broad, I mean, and, not broadside, standing like a stone, and it looked like as soon as that arrow broke, I, right when it I, took a step. If you watch it, I, I shoot it walking. I, I It takes a step, and I know that. I aim up at its head, walks okay. into the arrow. Because of the tier group of, of hunters, there was, and I deleted some, 
and I post, and this is exactly what I'm talking about, where you and I could have a debate on this for 15 minutes. Now, you wouldn't argue with anything I did. What I posted, text, people didn't read. It was shared. Yeah, that's the thing. No, yeah. So, but that thing was sick, had a growth on its neck, pus was flying out of its nose. It's a three-year-old ram. Yeah. Nothing I'm ever going to yeah. shoot. He probably, do he have a skull injury? I don't know what the, we had the DOW come in to grab its head. So whatever was wrong with it, I don't know enough about Owdad compared to Bighorn Sheep. So at this point, this is not about an ethical kill. This is well, let me rephrase it. This is not about a sport taking of an animal. This is about we need to put this animal down. Yeah, and I so type at that, that point, it doesn't. I mean, yes, we can have an argument about ethics in that regard as well. But quite honestly, if that animal is in bad shape and you want you make the determination that it probably needs to be put down and then ditched off to somebody for necropsy or whatever. I mean, yeah, stop put a, this. Put stop. a good put a good arrow in it and let's get it on the ground. And so for I just posted what happened, pretty basic, like, hey, saw this, it was injured, not sure what was wrong with it, wanted to put it out of its misery. Shot was far. And I did this for learning, right? I did this so people understood. I didn't do it for the glory of taking a far shot because there would be a ton of those on my Instagram page. This was informational. Or when I say a ton of them, meaning badass shots and arrow flights going into animals and shit. I don't post that stuff. This one was informational. So I, it, was, right. it was far. Okay. I, w- I want ahead. you to finish your story. Yeah. My teeth are floating. So I'm going to go take a piss here in a second. Okay. But then I'm going to push back a little bit and, and provide a tiny bit of not, not push Deadpool's back. advocate? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll just pause it because I got to pee and we'll hop back on and I'll finish telling right, the cool. story. All right. We're back. Um, so we were talking about the um, uh, that sheep I shot the other yeah, day. Yeah, your odd ed quartering so away. It was quartering away. How far was the shot? Can we? Yeah. Well, I don't give a shit because the way I look at it, it's a was secondary. It 40, was it 40 yards? Uh, it was pushing eighty something. It was oh, okay. Before. So that's the problem with cameras because it'll it'll compress. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so. and you can see he zooms in from my head and zooms way oh, in okay, as the okay. shot takes. So driving the down animal, the road, the animal had some serious health issues going on. Yep, we you wanted to put it on the ground and and we drive the Can Am down. If you know Al Dad, they're not exactly going to hang out beside a road like a mule deer. It's just standing there. I can see green and brown shit coming out of its nose, and I'm like. It's got an infection. Hold up, hold up. Give me the bino. So Dan and I are looking at it, and uh, it's not doing well, right? I see a cyst on the right side of its neck, and I can see every step shit's coming out of its nose and its mouth. So two things I think about, is it going to live, right? That's one. Next one, can disease be transferred through yeah, and is crushed? He, is he diseased? Exactly. Yeah. Next one, it's an owl, Dad. No one gives a fuck about him in Texas, meaning it's an invasive species. We're not talking about a bighorn sheep, which I would yeah. never do that. Yeah. I would call the DOW and say, yeah. there's a fucked up sheep. But this is an owl, Dad. It's equivalent to a hog to most people. Yeah. So then I'm like, all right, let's just see what it does. It, it goes up 10 yards, stands there. It's laboring. I'm like, fuck it, grab my bow, I'm going to kill it. Yeah. So in the time, you know, it's in the back, the seat buckle, you know, it takes a minute, it goes sure. up it. I'm like... They're, they're like, hey, you want to run it down? I'm like, I'll just shoot it from here, right? I mean, whatever. And because it obviously is not doing well. I felt confident with the shot. I didn't give a shit. And I shoot it moving. I mean, I don't have any qualms of saying that. Could I have moved or whatever? Sure. You know, but I go to full draw. It stopped. Right when it, my release clicks, it takes a step. So I just put it up on its head, takes a step, you know, when it's walking. And it, high lung, bounces yeah. off the other shoulder. So- you said, like the arrow, you've seen enough that I, vitals. 
Well, it, it goes in and hits the other shoulder, bounces back right when it moves. Oh, shitty penetration. And I'm like, actually, that was with the sever. That's pr- pretty good for a two-inch sever because it clipped the high um, onside scap and then bounced pretty much pinwheel on the offside scap and then bounces out. But it stays in the in the animal. It runs over there, dies right where you see it die. So I was like, and this is where I talk about the platform to explain this. And be an open book as far as uh, egos on the table, right? A hot wash. Like, I don't mind about what you're about to do. So hit it, dies, it's fucked up, cut the head off, put it in the freezer for the Department of Wildlife, whatever it's called in Texas, to come test it to see what the hell was wrong with it. Now, maybe it just had the flu. No, I bet you, well, I bet you, if it's nasty like that, it wouldn't surprise me if he fell or headbutted somebody and cracked his skull or so, had something. a brain, brain abscess or so, something got infected. When we cut the head off, there was shit pouring out of its throat. Yeah, that's and, a massive infection. He he got he got injured yeah. and it got infected and he was in bad shape. So again, bighorn sheep, different elk, different. But since there's so many levels of, uh, this was good. I had a ton of good questions on this. Is that legal? Well, it's seasons year round. It's legal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and guys had, you know, <clears throat> you know, Aaron, I know you've shot a lot of animals. You know, had some questions um, uh, about uh, why I did it, and I said the at least the, the the it's like a secondary shot. You've wounded an animal. Ethics are a little bit out the window. You're just trying to get another arrow in the animal, so maybe yeah. your effective distance is sixty, but you got an eighty yard pin. Yeah, use the eighty yard pin to to put it down. The, on this specific case, I just wanted to not have the animal suffer and potentially spread disease. Simple. The shot. It was fucking crazy shot. It was, it was when I say a crazy shot, like it moved. I wanted to tell a story of this is why I did this. I would not do it on a, you know, that's not a shot I would take on a, a fucking 200 inch mule deer or a doe at that distance. Doesn't make sense. But I chose to do it for this reason because the right thing to do is get the animal to stop suffering. Now, pushback what were you what were you thinking so so i'm guessing then from what you're saying is you got a bunch of criticism no very little oh very little no very little. okay all right but the criticism i got was and i i pushed back was from a guy that only watched the video and knew nothing okay and see that that's and that's where i was gonna go (laughs) this this dovetails with what you just said dovetails with with everything you just said and matt ranella's discussion and this is where I will call bullshit on the sportsman community to a certain little extent is, and, and my issue isn't even these things. These days, I'm I'm about to lose my shit on a lot of trappers. Yeah. Because trappers are out there showing video that just does not need to be shown. Uh, but let's let's just stick with this case here. And and, and let, let me let me go back to something you told me because. Jeez, let me let me set this up. So I listened to Matt, mm-hmm. and then I listened to yours, your podcast with uh, Robbie. Yeah, and I immediately thought, and I did this with a bunch of of different accounts. I said, okay, if the Joe Schmedley public wants to go and search these accounts, and they just start flicking, yeah, understanding how. Instagram, social media, especially especially Instagram, and it's, you know, it, it doesn't matter the the way that they've modeled their entire algorithm. It is one hundred percent to capture the emotional 
trigger of that, just capture the emotional center of that person to, to, to grab him and look. So if you just went through and, and started flicking, what is the impression that you get off of a social media account? Now, I don't, I never saw the article and I, I don't know how, what, how he couched it or how they came up with the list. I, I, I didn't dive into that much, but when I started flipping through, whether it was yours, whether it was other people, I'm like, okay, so if I go through here, I'm looking, let's separate your photography photo, photo, uh, your, your posts. Okay. But if I just flip through your grip and grins, an argument could be made that yes, the impression that you get off of Aaron Snyder is I'm just about killing Mm -hmm. because what I see you doing is you're posting a video. And then if you want to learn about what's going on there, you've got to read and engage, which I do the exact same damn thing. However, I've also known that I'm not getting the, the overall, some, some, the vast majority of people that follow me, follow me for a reason because they like what I do. And so most of my followers will read through that stuff and, and, and like it. The average Joe Schmedley that has never come across Chris Rowe or whatever, and is just flicking the page. A lot of what I post doesn't capture their attention. Okay. So if you want, but this you, is my recommendation you, for you. But you can't discount my photography because it also shows I'm not some bloodthirsty. No, that, you know, well, I don't know about that. I We, we could have a discussion on that because people well, no, are can, complex. I, Here's my point. Right. You you told me before. Okay. I am. I am a, I'm a wildlife biologist. I'm a habitat. I'm a, I'm a wild, I'm a, I'm a wildlife guy. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a great business guy. I, I suck at self-promotion. Yeah. Okay. For a variety of reasons. And I remember something you told me a long time ago on one of our podcasts where you were hammering me that I, why am I not promoting what we're doing more? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, man. he's like, no one's going to know if you, you told me, no one's going to know you got a 12 inch dick unless you pull it out and show somebody. Yeah. That's right? probably exactly what I said. That's exactly yeah, what you yeah. said. Okay. So to my point to you, I can, you do have a lot of knowledge that you share on multiple avenues, mm-hmm. but in the situations where you are engaged in a situation like that particular out ad or the other ones, what I would recommend, given the fact that you can post multi, now it, it depends on if you care about Facebook or not. Instagram will allow you to post multiple videos mm-hmm. in the same th- in the same post. Okay, yeah. rather than explaining things in a in a in a potentially emotionally charged or confusing situation, rather than explaining it in a in written form yeah, underneath okay. it. Yep. Just do a selfie record, say, dude, you're not going to believe this shit. So we're running down the road. We come across this owl dad and he's got shit coming all. Explain it. That's your first video that the person sees. Yeah. And then say, okay, so when we went over here and I stopped here and he walked up here. And, and I, we, I agree with everything you're saying. That way the initial grab yeah. is the education. Yeah. Not the, oh, he just killed an animal with a bow at a long distance. Or, oh, he's got a grip and grin. What I would like to do. Change the emotional grip. Well, what I would like to do and what I kind of where this leads up to, like I don't argue with anything you said, was just post photos on Instagram and have the other page for info, information. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, That's fair enough. That's but, 100%. And because and, and, when you were saying the pushback, I was thinking like you're probably going to push back to what I'm agreeing with you on. Yeah, Meaning. Pushback wasn't the right word. It was just a constructive if. Which I agree with, because when I look back at it, I'm like, you know what I should have did? Not videoing cutting the head off. It's not coming out and just Perfect. saying, hey. Here's here's what it was. And I did it in text. And, and that was, I say my bad, but I, 
there wasn't much blowback. Now there could be behind the scenes that I'm not hearing sure. about, but you know the the my my point was is I would like to do more of the things I can't do because of that um you know that initial you know the flick like you're talking about, right? Yep. And get it to where they're coming and I have more because Instagram's a snapshot where it's not just a snapshot. So yep. if it was in this case, this instance it would not be a hat bad to have a 20 minute conversation on that. Agreed. What ended up happening to it? What 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 was wrong with it? What did we come across? What was my thought process? Yeah. And my value set? Yeah. What was the decision I made? And oh by the way, here's pretty cool I executed it in here. Yeah. Yeah, here's I the shot. Ex- I executed the 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 whole decision making project. Here's the shot. Boom. Awesome. And the shot's important too because yeah. I, I mean I, it was it was a good impressive shot. And the reason why I say that is practice like accuracy yeah. right i didn't give a fuck how much foc i you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a good tune bow you can watch the flight very lethal setup penetration what the broadhead do make a whole section of it like okay see now this is where i push back you know if you'd had an iron will on that you would have blown right through and you know you'd broken that offside <laughs> shoulder he would have landed there and then there would have been no controversy that's funny and uh <laughs> i think that um well, and I, as you know, I, I like, I shoot a lot of iron shit with iron wheels. I know. But I think that when you, um, in this case, the guy got on there and, uh, he was a dude I actually respected. He didn't follow me and I don't think I followed him. He's in Australia. This will be the end of hunting. Horrible shot. He was, wa- it was walking, whatever. And I just posted, I said, did you read the text? And then I messaged him and I said, Hey man, I'm on your side. Like, yeah. I, and, and, I, that's, I, and that's where I guess if there was a push, but that's where I was going to say is, we, and and it, this is for all sportsmen, myself included. Now I don't do, I don't do nearly as many posting photos as I should, and and that's that's on my from an account business standpoint. I I don't, um, and I need to change that. Um, but from the sportsman industry as a whole, and and. And literally, I so I I'm releasing my podcast on Mondays now, and and I I literally just upload it. So number one, we're going to talk about Rumble for you here in a second, but um, I, I just did a, a massive one where I called myself out on my own bullshit, and yeah. then I and I picked a, it's a three hours and forty minutes of me just calling bullshit on different categories of sportsman interest, and um, we the issue isn't animal activists. And and the haters. The the issue is the gen and, and this was a discussion that came out that that barrier to entry of the non hunter to stumble across our content and not have I've, any con- context. I've got and, a, I've got a lot to say about this one. Okay, good, <laughs> good. So the average non hunter can stumble upon uh, stumble upon our content just by accident or it could be forced upon them by someone sending it to them or worse yet in what often can be done is somebody bastardizes something and purposely shares it and it misrepresents it so the thing that 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 is that's unfortunate is the way society today is structured around engagement of others it is not structured for constructive dialogue it is structured for emotional triggers and yeah. and latching on to surface thin imagery and then building a world around it based off of just pure emotion. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that I can think, you know, I think to, you know, that was the thing is, you know, Matt Ranella asked that no one's ever been able to give him a good answer of why we need social media. For me, it's clear it's community. 
Yeah. There, there needs to be community. You have to have this, this, this strength in numbers. Well, strength in numbers from a from a, a, a movement standpoint. But I think maybe even you and I talked about this in the past, or, or somebody else did. But it's something along the lines of, in order for something to become viral and, and to even get a momentum, it has to first capture at least like ten percent of your base mm-hmm. that engages it, shares it, engages it, and then once you get about that ten percent, I don't remember if this is the the correct number, but about ten percent. Then it will then it will 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 continue to grow and and become its own thing and and spread. So from a hunting that got forwarded three hundred and sixty eight times. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. So the thing is, is we have to understand that even if we are not doing something wrong, we have to be very cognizant that the surface level image that somebody wants to capture, can it be misconstrued? And we're going to have to be very defensive about that to where my point to you on, I have no problem with you sharing that video, but hindsight being 20, first 70 photos, 50 of them are dead animals. So you you do have a point on my page. I've, I've gone through your page. (laughs) I I, I was, I was going to make a comment of if you just went through the first, if you went through the first 100 posts, Yes. What is the image? What what does what is the non-hunter, the non-emotional, neutral person capture from the the first 100 images of your post? I'm outdoors now, and I hunt a lot and kill a lot of kids. There you go. You're, or now your explanation me. of what you're doing is in the body of the text, which is not wrong in the fact of you're you're engaging oh, those people. Hold on, let's let's rewind this because this okay. is where my hangup is. Okay, if you are a non-hunter or an anti. If you're kind of looking on my page, which one, non-hunter or anti? Because those are different people. Both, but but and you'll figure see what I'm saying. You're getting on my page as a non-hunter to look at, and you know I'm a hunter. You're going to see dead animals. If there's none there, then I'm not a hunter. I'm an outdoorsman. If you're a hunter, you're. if If I was a basketball player, and there was no basketball being played on my page. You wouldn't really be getting on there because I was a basketball player. If you're looking at getting into hunting or somebody shared something, it is not. It, it is um, implied animals are going to die. I'm a hunter. We're gonna have a fun conversation. And no, but it's a good one because I mean, there's more more involved in this that I want to hit on the anti portion. Go go no so, seriously, man. I, is, is there a is... bad photo of a grip and grin on my page? Distasteful. I don't have the, I would assume no, because I know you, but I don't know because I haven't gone through every one of your pictures. I don't think there's a bad one. They're all very artistic and, and, photos. And now here's, here, let's, let's be honest, brutal honest for both of us with a qualification. Our value set. Well, I'm getting to that portion. Okay. Given, <laughs> given what you know and what your intent was behind the photo and how you perceive your photo is, could very likely be different from a, if someone from a well, different no, value saying, set is looking at it, they might interpret it different. Tongues but, hanging out, back of the truck, beer cans. Oh, yeah, None yeah, of yeah, those. Yeah, none of those. Yeah, so, but I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, if you get on there and you don't like animals dying, you're going to hate my page, Yeah. right? But as far as it goes to respecting the animal in the sense of it's a tasteful photo uh, with a, a good camera and there's no blood hanging out and, you know, that kind of, or what, the best of my ability, right? So as a non-hunter, if you're thinking about getting into hunting, my page would be good. 
right? Oh, shit, this guy hunts. He's got knowledge. He's a great photographer. I mean, I'm not tooting my way. Good photography. I don't want to make myself sound like whatever. Um, uh, informational stuff or whatever. I would say that's kind of a neutral. Could it be bad? Could it be good? I mean, if you're getting on my page because you're thinking about getting into hunting, it's probably a good page to get on. Antis. Do you think it matters? Do they know what a far shot is? No. Do they know what ethical and unethical is? Fuck no, they don't know. Go And this isn't an arguable point for me because I know so many antis. I need a piece of paper. Keep um, going, keep going. Cool. Well, when I say I know so many antis, you know how many photography shoot. Well, you, maybe you don't, but different photo shoots I go on and different, you know, shit like that um, with antis, non, and everything else. The one thing I get a kick out of is these long distance shots are going to end hunting from the antis. Okay. What is something that, um, let's say that I have no idea, uh, about, uh, you know, and I don't know pick golf. Okay. okay. I, the guy, you know, I mean, I have common sense, but like, you know, there's no life being taken, but, oh, that guy made a 34 yard putt. I think that's good. Okay. But I know enough about golf. Anti-hunters know nothing about hunting, so how would they know a 70-yard bow shot is far? And how does that hurt hunting? What hurts hunting is we're hunting. I mean, what, what, what the perception is is we're hunters. They don't care if you're shooting it at 30 yards, 50 yards, or 70, or with a rifle at 200 or 500. They really don't give a shit because at the end of the day, you're taking an animal's life. That is all they care about. Now, as far as... Moving the needle from people that are mid-road, I think it is extremely important to have shot, you know, beer cans in the back of the truck and are bad, right? You want to you wanna put your best foot forward uh, as far as that goes. But as far as antis go, um, I don't know that it makes it, it. They don't give a shit. You're killing an animal and they hate you. That, the end. That, that's it, right? It doesn't fucking matter if you're spearing it or shooting with a rifle. Now, some things are worse than others, by all means. But if I post a photo or a video, specifically a video or a trapping video of some poor-looking bobcat stuck in a foothold, uh, well, you, bad. A wounded animal with guts hanging out, bad. Even worse, because that's ammo for an anti to make it, you know. But... When it's just a, an animal being held up, it's clean. If you're a hunter, you're a hunter. You shouldn't hide from it. Bad photos. Yes, ducks hanging out of people's mouths. Fucking retarded. Like, stupid. You know, laying there beside the animal. Stupid, right? Those kinds. But decorative artistic photos and telling a story, I think, is helps. It's the other shit I agree with Matt on. Like, there's horrible shit that needs to be taken off of social media. Go ahead. All right, so there was a there was a bunch of things. That, no, I I don't I don't disagree with the. Uh, well, let me say one more thing. Oh, Having yeah. said that, probably the best I think salute or situation on my end is having outdoorsman page with backpacking gear, adventures, and uh, okay, yeah. take off the hunting and have the pay, the Chris Rowe, Aaron Snyder informational page. Yeah, but or or have not it all... not on okay. Instagram on a website. Not on Instagram, where oh man, there's so much man. But but yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. that would be my fix. That is my forward thinking. I've talked to my IT guy here yeah. of, you know what? I can still be a good face for hunting on Instagram, without much hunting. Meaning, 
if you want to check out this last hunt, uh, here's the pictures with no damn animals from my trip. To get more in-depth, hop over here so it's not able to be shared as much and things like that on social. And I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Man. Then I'm not hiding behind it, and we can teach. We can we can get the goof troop out of there, the knuckleheads, and you can learn. And it may not be that you won't ever say you're a dumbass. You should have never shot that Texas yeah, yeah, hard yeah. shot. And I would say, you're, you could be right, and I think we need to add some context to that. Yeah. Let's talk about it. And it could be too accuracy. I felt confident with that shot because I, I've accurate inside of a baseball at eight yards. Yeah. Well, what about other people? Let's talk about that. If you're not accurate at that distance, maybe you shouldn't take that shot. Maybe that shot wouldn't be taken at all. Oh, wait, I can't take that shot, but you can't hit a stop sign at 20 yards. But because of that 20 yard distance, you're the, you're okay. Wounded a bucket 20. Okay, well, that's because you suck at shooting and you don't practice. I wound one at 40. Now I'm the bad guy, even though I am 10 times more accurate than you're not me or whoever you want to pick. So there's a lot of discussion and learning from that without the bullshit. And so because of how it is right now, I'm doing it how I'm doing it. I would like to change it, but go ahead. Well, no, it. Dude, there's there's a lot in there. So let's just let's take stepwise on some of the things you said because you you watched me taking notes. So you you brought up if so if a non hunter, and I, I will separate the anti from the non. Okay, and I that's important and that's going to be my third point on this one. So the non hunter or I, what I'll say is the new hunter. Yeah. If they're coming to your page and consuming your page, the question is, are well, let's put it this way: if they are coming to your page and consuming your page and going through your page, then there's likely to be, at least in some degree in their mindset, some overlap of shared value set. So if they're a new hunter, obviously they want to be a hunter. They want to learn about hunting. So they already have a set value set. They have a positive value set for hunting. And so they're going to come over here to consume on your site. Okay. So yes, there's going to be, a, there's going to be that, 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 that person is going to have that type of value set. The non-hunter that wants to come over and consume your site, my guess would be that if a non-hunter is consuming your site, it's because someone, they were exposed to your site. It's generally because of photography. Okay, so photography, and then secondarily, they they it's there's overlap shit. with yeah. the other stuff, okay? So if we're talking about an anti-hunter, then either somebody sent some bastardized thing out or sent sent something like that 400 and some odd yeah. retweets or reshares or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're looking for ammo. No, they, they don't have the same value set, okay? They're absolutely not. And, and you did touch on it finally at the end is, is you know, how much ammo do we want to give them? Now, you know, you, you want to look at what is it that you're posting and what is it that they're consuming? Because that's the that's the issue. For instance, it's it, for me, it's about the context of what they see. And that's why I brought up flipping through your, your, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's compare you, your page with the meat eater page with Ivan Carter. You know who Ivan Carter is? Oh, yeah, okay. I, I figured, but I just want to make sure. So let, let's look at your page 
Okay, Take so the top 100 photos on your. It, it, that really, that's not fair because those, <laughs> I've been guiding for the last whatever. But, but you're right. I don't have to post those. Okay. No. 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 That's not. That's not where I was getting. Okay. Listen. And okay. I want uh, Aaron. I'm looking at you in the eyes. I want you to understand this. I'm not. This is not a casting a judgment on you and and a and a. Uh, oh no, I was a being... disparaging for no. I'm, what I'm what I'm about to say okay. as as far as me putting down your value set because no, you, you were guiding and that's part of what you're doing and you do enjoy the chase and you do enjoy the success of the hunt. And there's a lot of people that do, I mean, hell Jay Scott's no different. I mean, hell he just got done. How many freaking he, what he, he had 200 coos deer clients this past season. And yeah. then he's got uh, like two or some 200, uh, on, on my turkeys. There's everything from mountain goats to mule deer. Okay. To but white okay. Tail. Now, now there's... ask me, answer me this question. If you're, Obviously, you're not counting them because it'll take some time. But a ballpark no, I'm, issue. I'm, I'm, what, I'm counting them. What percentage are a relative grip and grin? Forty, I would say forty right now. Okay, and then what's the other percentage made up of? I read uh, photography. Badass deer, elk, my little family. Um, but yeah, just big animals like so, on so on what, their hoof. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, all right. So then, so if you were to do a pie chart. Of your social media posts. Shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. photography. So so scenery-based or animal-based photography. If we were to do a pie chart of your top, your, your not top, your first, your first 100, 40% is grip and grin. Yeah, whether it's my animal or a client. Sure, it's a yep. grip and grin. What would be the next biggest pie chunk? Animals. At how much? How big of a... 20%? 20 to 20 to 25. Okay. Yep. And so you can see where I'm going. You start what what is what is your page made up mostly up? And you just do just, that pie chart. Just okay? photography and dead animals would be 50-50. Right. <laughs> so now you go to something like a meat eater and you bring up their page. What is what is just off the, the top? What does it look? What are those pictures? First 100, what would their pie chart look like? Not too much different. They're you don't think same. so? Well, I'll just, I'll read it off. There's a little more uh, food-based shit okay. in there. Um, so the first, um, oh, yeah. we so need, we here's one with the- Are you on Instagram? Yeah. All right, I can do the damn thing. We don't need to be talking. Yeah, here's some, too. there's some ducks. There's an old video. There's a rib cage opened up. There's a uh, call. They just started doing turkey calls. Yeah, oh, yeah, with, with Jason. That's right. Yeah. Yep. There's a good deer. Somebody bugling. Um, they've got, there's a dead deer. There's Steve with a deer. Not too much different than mine. I think Steve touches on more of the cooking of the animal than, than I do. Um, and I mean, honestly, what I, I personally, the, 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 I, I like his page, right? It's a, it's a, it's it's what I yeah, hope. Yeah, yeah. It's what I like my page to be. Yep. A little bit of everything. Yep. He does touch more on cooking than I do, mostly because I could give two fucks about cooking. I mean, I I eat it, and when I Understand. say that, meaning I love eating it, but I my heart is not <laughs> into yeah, yeah, yeah. you know into your, your it. wheelhouse is not sitting in the kitchen. Yeah. No. Okay. So, and and I I I haven't seen it. So. uh Ivan Carter's. I know what this one's gonna look like. Yeah, there's just there's a bunch. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's conservation. It's it's trapping. You know, if you read the if you read the text, maybe so. It's a lot of different animals. Some dead animals. There's a tranked animal. Um, 
radio collars, ear yeah. tags. There's poaching. Yep. He's got poaching pictures in there. Yeah, little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of obviously all Africa because that's yeah, what yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Okay, my point being is, is when when someone trips across your social media page, and and likewise, if you go to mine, if if someone goes to my social media page, depending on now seasonally, it's going to be a little different. But you go to my social media page, and you're going to end up, you're going to find you're, there will be some grip and grins from the success for our, of our hunters, and then you're going to have a lot of food plots. You're going to have a lot of habitat stuff. Me, I I made the cardinal sin of. I do share some personal stuff like non-targeted business, you know, like I'll, I'll share some political stuff as well, but, um, which people say I shouldn't, but that's who I am. But so you're going to get a smattering of, of what it comes across. But if you look at my pie chart, it's, you're, it's going to come up to where you're going to see a lot of habitat management, um, food plots, deer management, turkey management, you know, that type of stuff as well. Yeah. The point being, if you look at how the average person, and this is and this is coming from recent discussions that I've had on my podcast, the one that's getting ready to be released Monday, and I have some stuff that I've been preparing that's going to be coming up in some interviews on some other discussions, especially surrounding um, some of this new political advocacy from sportsmen. One of the things that I've done in my life that some... Well, we talked about the Prairie Dog stuff that I'm doing right now. A lot of people don't realize in my my other career, my other real job, so to speak, is wildlife consulting. And we've worked very extensively with controversial wildlife species in the urban and suburban corridor in the face of public scrutiny and vehement animal activist pressure. So over that 20 plus years of doing that, we've sat across the table from HSUS and, and some of the biggest, you know, activists but we've we've sat in city council meetings county commission meetings planning department meetings with the public and i just talked to a family yesterday out on on site and what i can tell you is this the 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 extremes on either end and let's just take the activists and 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 the haters let's just do that let's take the extreme so you have the animal activists that hate all hunting and then let's just put let's let's take the hunters that are hunters, but they're they're just the the freaking haters that just want to angst on everything. Yeah. Right? Though you're never going to change those type of people because they Agreed. just have a un a underlying value set and a basis for how they operate. The people that we need to play to and be careful to be concerned about are that that bulk of the middle of the road people that are either hunters that are new hunters, and maybe well, non hunters to. F- maybe new hunters that are just getting into it where they either have a neutral or maybe a positive flavor of, you know, for their perception of hunting to all the way to the fact that we do have to understand that we are talking to members of our own community where you have very educated people. I am, I would consider myself very educated in the world of hunting, but I don't know everything about bows. I mean, I can, I set up my own bows and I do my own arrows and everything else, but I still will go to you or I'll look at something Dudley posts because I want to learn. So there's a very wide array of education and, and pigeonholes that, that, that we can fill in that spectrum. Let's cut some of this out of the equation, like a heavy wind day. There's a lot of coolies we don't need to look at because deer just aren't going to bed there. Let's just cut some of this out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but the, the thing is, is we're cutting out all antis because we know they hate us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't want to give them ammo. We, okay. We don't want, yes, we don't want to give them ammo. Okay? And when I say ammo, <laughs> ill-looking 
photos and guts hanging out and shit like that. We don't want to give them ammo. So get all those out. Those are out. Then the haters, they're out. They're out. They're just, they have an unhappy life and a fat wife and they just fucking hate everyone. In the middle is what you're talking about. Correct. And let's put that, I'm going to put it in perspective for me right now. Photography shops. Okay. I work with a lot of them. Yep. And they follow my page. Okay. So that's about as far to the neutral as you could get. Yes. And then you get to the to the far left, which is a kid that's 19 years old and watched Rogan and picks up a bow. Yep. I would say that's in the middle. Would you say that kind of covers the left yeah, and right? Yeah. Okay. Just because I want everybody to to hear this. I, I'm, go. I'm, I'm good with that argument. Absolutely. Okay. Go, okay. Well, there's no argument there, but I just no, wanted I, to get that, that framework. That, the, framework of of, the framework of the discussion, I'm, I'm, that's, yep. that's fine by me. So my point being is, is that what ends up being is because we are the way we are, humans are... We're hardwired for this anyway, but now with social media and the way kids have been operated for the past 20 plus years, blah, 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 blah. There's so much bullshit that gets bombarded to people every day that even though, yes, they will have a tendency to get tripped up in an emotional grab, Mm -hmm. that emotional, when you actually have a chance to sit down and talk with them whether I'm dealing with animal activists or whether I'm dealing with sportsman's issue or whatever. When it comes out to value sets and them agreeing with what you believe or not, mm-hmm. oftentimes they don't give a shit about that. That's not what hits the radar screen. That's not what rises to the top of their concern or their consideration. What ends up being is what I kind of, it's not me, it. I've heard it, but the most reasonable person in the room Mm -hmm. So when they consume your stuff, that is the question is when they flip through the top 100 or not, again, I say top and that, that can be misconstrued. If you just go through the first 100 flicks on your Instagram, what is going to be the, the, the surface level emotional take at what, who you are and what, not what you wrote. No, badass photos and dead animals. There you go. Or and photography, so, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, and, I, and I'm not saying you're wrong because I'm saying there's other pages out there that if you just go down through and look at their stuff, they may be the most ethical person on the on the the planet or the best hunter or this blah. blah. But you look at their page, well, and all it looks like is they're just whacking and stacking, whacking and stacking, whacking and stacking. Let, let's let's you're friends with Jay uh, yeah. Scott. Yeah. And it, this. I, I want to do this without this sounding. This is not a contest. This is for the good of the conversation. Just go. Um, there's. Let's pick four. Jay Scott uh, being one because there's he kills a ton of shit uh, oh, yeah. or or helps. Um, yep. Me, um, Remy Warren. Yep. And Donnie Vincent. Okay. Those are four pretty. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Very successful hunters. Whose page is the best for? The outlook of hunting. I'll just say Donnie's. Donnie's uh, well, is the best. Uh, the issue, <laughs> well, for me, uh, uh, the outlook of hunting, I was either going to say Donnie or Remy because Remy is, he's, people shit on Remy. I kind of like his stuff because he actually tells the tale and, and he's well, no, about I, the experience. I, well, you're, you're deviating from what I'm trying, not on purpose. I was but, saying my, my, art, my, my debate in my head was between Remy and Donnie. Yeah. And the reason question. why is Donnie kills less shit than Remy. Oh, okay. That, right. That's it. I mean, okay. that, that bottom okay. line, Remy's a, right. I mean, I love you, Donnie. Remy's a better killer. Yeah. Now, that could be because Donnie's doing more videos or whatever. 
Donnie does amazing job telling a story. So does Remy. Remy kills more shit. Okay. Yep. So I would say if I had to pick someone to be the face of hunting to cater to everyone, yes. right? I look like a fucking neo-Nazi. I am not the guy, right? Tattooed up, shaved head. Remy, more of a neutral. Yeah. Uh, Jay, it, it, he's already out because it's just dead shit on if, his and fucking that's page. Correct. Even though he comes across as clean cut, he he should be on the PGA Tour. You yeah. know what I mean? Or he should be in a boardroom somewhere. Cool. He's he's this, this clean, neat. But yes, his page is almost 100% grip and grin. So Donnie would be first place for... Yeah. Um, the face of hunting to, to convert. Yeah. I'd say Remy's in second um, in, in that I would be in third and Jay would be in fourth because Jay I'm, does not have one high-res photo. Now, well, well when well, I say high-res photo, he doesn't have one badass no, no, mountain true. range. It, it's, it's, most, it's mostly correct. He's, he's got pictures of Mexico or whatever, but his is mostly grip and grin or videos of like game cameras and that type of stuff. So yeah. yo, he's got his 4K stuff that he does with Ot6 it, Ranch and all that it, type of stuff. This will come into it as a circle. So now, who is the best for hunting? Not converting people to hunting. Whose is the best page to go to to learn? Mine. The, well, out of us four. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Out of That's, the four I picked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, Yes, you. I would say you and or probably Donnie because that is what you've I, I, been let involved me, let me with. Ex, let me explain it better. Definitely not Donnie. But how I'm looking at it. If you're a hunter and you want to get on a page, oh, if you if you're a hunter and you want to learn, if not or just a newer get... hunter and you just want to learn to kill, oh, you want to learn okay. to survive, yeah, 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 you want to learn to survive, camp, backpack, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. set yeah, up yeah. a bow. Yeah, I would say that Remy and I would be for yeah all around yeah straight killing Jay, right? I mean, when yeah. I say that, yeah, meaning yeah. with Remy and I, and and I'm not taking Donnie out of this, and I this is not a contest. This no, is but. To, but you're talk. But what you're talking about is Remy this- and I use bows, guns, compounds, trad bow. You know, we all kinds of stuff. Good photography. Try to tell a story. Podcasts are good. You got that big picture, and then you go to Jay. Jay is straight up the guy you want to go to for a lot of different things. With so, which page is going to be? Yeah. Which page are you going to pull first to help hunting? The face of hunting. Whose page is going first? I'm gonna grab my chew. Yeah. Well, if I, I had this conversation recently in a honey camp, and when you dive into this and, and you leave ego on the table, but the, but the question, okay, go. You're gonna go grab a chew after we just talked about the introduction of this oh, freaking video. Oh wait, you have no, you have no <laughs> self control. That you've already had how you've already gone through the can. So you can sit there so your ass in the, in the chair and not. Whose have page it. are you pulling? If you right now, you have four people, the four I listed, and you got to pull the plug on one of them. Who is the worst? For hunting, the 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 face of hunting. Jay's going. Jay's going. Yeah, if you're, if you're looking, yeah, if you're looking at their social media and just flicking their page, yes, yeah, because Jay's, because all it is is it's grip and grin. And then who would be? I'd say the next two would be and Remy. One of us is going right. What one of us is going now? I would I would probably say you, only because you don't have. See, this is the thing that people don't understand is about perception as well. You do a lot of your own video now. Now, now, Kafaro has somebody running a camera. This is the other thing too. This is why I mean, this, no slight to Jason Matzinger or is it Matzinger, Matzinger. Yeah, yeah. Matzinger. Remy's page is just like mine. Yeah, so it's it's great to look like a freaking superstar when someone is taking pictures of you, making you look 
like a freaking superstar. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're constantly doing the selfie and so you're doing the own stuff and like me, I, I'm hunting and I'm like, eh, there yeah. I am doing yeah. it. It doesn't come across as sexy and glorifying. And, and you know, so when you come to between you and Remy, I would say you probably get knocked off. Well, that's hard to say because you've got other, other stuff. Remy X at least has cameramen there with him that are taking candid shots that look cool. Yeah. You guys are starting to do more of that. I mean, you and Frank have been doing that for a while, but you're starting to do more of that, but you haven't had someone just purposely following you around, making you look like a, uh, a superstar. Yeah. Versus the, the Remy's and the Donnie Vincent. And I know they do a lot of self-filming, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, no. And this, I mean, it's a good conversation in general be, be, because, there would be a great loss, and I'm not tooting my own horn, if any of us were gone. Correct. But it's the, but it's the surface level engagement of the non-hunter, the average Joe Schmedley that comes to the page. Now, with, with Jay- Matt Ranella, Donnie's, oh, Donnie's the only one left that might get to stay. Maybe. Maybe. Well, Maybe. And I would say he'd be the last on the list, but yeah. The, yeah. the rest of us are going. What does hunting lose from taking the three of us away? Yeah, all of it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is there's a there's a there's a pile of information. This is where I'm glad that these discuss. I'm I'm so I, I, say what you will. I'm glad that Matt said what whether you want to say he was brave and he brought these things up or he was a flaming dumbass and tripped all over his dick. I don't give a shit. The fact is the conversation came out and we can start now that time has passed and the and the emotion the raw emotion of it has subsided more people are digging into the underlying theme of it yeah. and that's my, that's my point so the the beautiful thing let's take jay for a second and then jay I, is everything matt jay would be burnt to the ground tomorrow 100% yeah. because all you are is about you know even though jay is the cleanest the mo- he well, everything is Everything is. He fucks up hunting spots. He's a guide. He 100%. gives out info yep. and he gives out areas. And all he's doing is out there <laughs> killing animals just to 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 put pictures. Out, Which you know. I well, I know Jay yeah. well enough. That's not no, that's true, not. But what yeah. Matt that would be his interpretation of Jay's page. Yeah. Even though you go to Jay's page and it is the most, ta- if you want to have a hunting photo, it's the most tasteful of hunting photos, the most tasteful of gripping grins, and his the stuff he shares with the odd six is pretty darn cool. So yeah. even though it's a high bar of grip and grin, it's still only it, as far as Matt or the average person they come through and they're like, well, this is just about killing. Yeah, it's not about educating. Well, Jay makes no bones about it. that's not what. He uses his podcast. Platform. I send people to Jay all yeah. the time. Yeah, he <laughs> he uses other people for education. He yeah. he likes to use it, and he that's how. It's the value set. The issue is, is when we are on social media, and if we're worried about like what you're saying, the the maturity that you're and I and I'm, I say maturity from a standpoint of progression through the hunting industry that I've seen you over the the decades. You're at that stage now where you're just you're just over the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like, what the, everybody is going to have to come through that pipeline. Some people don't, some people it's like fishing, you know? And I think I've used this example with you on this podcast before where, you know, if you get into fishing, when you first start fishing, you just want to catch fish. Just, I don't care what fish. I just want a lot of them. Yeah. At some point you get tired of just catching a whole bunch of fish and then you, some people will transition. I want to catch the biggest fish. Or I want to fly fish. Or well, some, okay, yeah, whatever. that's the, usually the next, that's the third step. Where yeah. I want to catch the biggest fish. I don't care what it is, but I want to catch a big fish. And then once you've caught a lot of fish and then you've caught some big fish, then sometimes it moves into, 
well, I want a different type of experience or challenge. I want to, you know, so it becomes a different type of, you'll, you'll fish a different species or you'll fly fish or do something like that. Yeah. And then it becomes to where you don't even give a shit about fishing. You just want to be out there on the river or on the lake or whatever, and just sharing and being with other people and educating. So there's all different phases in, you know, what they say, maturity of a sportsman. It's not that everyone has to go through that entire process, but they're just different phases. Some people will always stay at, I want to catch a lot of fish or kill a lot of, when you were hunting a lot of times, you were just wanted to kill everything you could, if it walked in, it was dying. I still do. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And then there's those people that want to kill big shit. You, you look at Brendan Burns. I know you guys have yours. Brendan is about, I want big shit. You know, the, the that, biggest, there it is. The biggest, biggest, the biggest, yep. the biggest. Yeah. And then you get the people that want to educate. Okay. So it seems like now you've always been in that realm of education and sharing, mm-hmm. but now it seems like you're just like, okay, I, I've, I've gone through those other phases to where now it seems like this is where I want to be. That's it. That's, that's a healthy progression for anybody, but we have to understand that there, everybody that's entering our sphere is going to have a different value set. They're going to come in at a different entry level. Their own personalities are going to color how they perceive us and their own experiences are going to color how they perceive us to where what you said about the ammo and what I've said about that pie chart. When someone comes across your page, what do they come away with as your motivating factor for doing what you do? Yeah. Is it, I just want to kill shit and grip and grit. I, I, this, this is legitimate. And this is the thing that I'm, I where, like you said, I I'm at that stage where, and why I'm going to go to rumble and some of the other platforms where I'm sorry, I'm going to start calling bullshit on a lot of hunters. Cause this year's the first year I'm going to have to make a written formal uh, so when anybody comes wants to come out and hunt with us, there's a, a hunt information packet and an agreement form. Okay, a waiver you sign that. Yeah. So in the information packet, I outline here. Here's my philosophy. Here are the rules of engagement, so to speak, on when you come out here. So one of them is like you draw blood on an animal. If you if you put an arrow in the body cavity of an animal, that's your animal. Yeah. If we recover it or not. Now, if you just clip his neck or, or like, okay, that's rules. fine. Same rules we have. Yep. yep. If you draw blood on that animal, that's your animal. Now we will continue to hunt that animal, but that's the animal you hunt. And the funny part is, is everybody, when they're sitting at the table, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Now you sign it with no qualms. And then three days into a seven day hunt, they wound an animal. All of a sudden, uh, now it's an issue. We go, well, well, I didn't hit it. Well, maybe. And all of a sudden the qualifications and the justifications and the, the, uh, well, maybe it wasn't it. Do I real? am I really done with my hunt? Well, yeah, sorry. You agreed. Now, one of the things that I've never had to do before, and I'm going to have to start doing, I'm going to put a line item in there. When you show up to camp, you're showing up to camp with the ability and means and intent to take a hundred percent of the meat with you yeah, and, and the trophy, because I've had more people show up. These are people I like. I consider them friends. They, they're, they're well-known people in the industry to where they're like, I, you know, I've, I've hunted enough to where I don't need the meat. So if you want to just give it to somebody, I'll just take the antlers. Yeah. That drives me crazy. You know, <laughs> and see, because and this is the thing, you know, this because you guide a lot of people, you know, the type of people we can sit there and say that there are some people as a guide, we get the full gamut first, of people. First for me, I hope they don't take it because I want it. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But at some point, if but what what's the intent of? Are you there just to get a a, a set of bone? 
because I've I've been on an elk camp when I worked for Garth Peterson uh, up in the Raywas, where I we had a season where it was brutally tough and like no one killed anything during archery. No one killed anything in muzzleloader. We had chances, but people would miss or whatever. We finally get to the rifle seasons and a guy comes into camp. He's a long time hunter. The guy puts a beautiful five by five bull on the ground. He's the first person that's that's killed it. Everybody else in the camp is ecstatic. He walks up to the thing and immediately is livid. Mad at his guy because, well, that's, that's fucking, it's, it's small. That's, that's, I, I was here, for, I was out for something bigger. I don't, literally walked away from camp. Didn't even, didn't want the meat, didn't want the antlers, didn't want anything. Was pissed off. It's like, yeah. okay, you're the one who pulled the trigger, man. Yeah. Yeah. Why the freaking hell are you here? And so last year we had a couple guys that were like, oh yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't need the meat. It's like, then, then why did you come? You, you came because you wanted a set of antlers. Now, okay, you have a lot of meat and you're willing to donate it. Now, in the past, we had we still have the ability in, in our neck of the woods to donate animals if we want. But because CWD is increasing, that's getting tougher and tougher to do. Yeah. So we don't have the easy mechanism. Before, we could literally take it to the locker, dump it off, get a piece of paper, and they would grind it up and take it to the food pantry. It was awesome. It was a great program. And so for some, like like you came out and you've killed 27 big game animals already. Maybe you're lit your light on your freezer space and someone else could use it. Yeah. Okay. And I've heard you talk about how much meat you give to other people. Yeah. Again, no one's gonna know that. No one's gonna know you're at a 12 inch dick of 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 philanthropy or, or or generosity if you don't show people. But point being is in the past our, our area, okay, maybe that was a, an option, but if you're just showing up to camp simply because you just want a set of antlers. Yeah. Or you just want a a, a, a turkey, a, a set of turkey, or more importantly, you just want the picture that's, that I you see. that you got the animal. That's what they want is the picture it's for like, most people. I, I, I'm out, man. I, I'm no. That's not why you're going to come and hunt with me. Now, I attract my crowd that comes and hunts with me. Usually comes because they have the same value set. Probably the same thing with you. If they say, "Man, I want to go hunt with you, Aaron," they're probably going to be the same value set. But being in the industry. When you just get a random Joe Schmedley come, you know darn well there's 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 the good, the bad, and the freaking ugly. Yeah. And this is the thing where we're gonna have to start calling bullshit on ourselves. Everybody talks about this thing, but not, I don't need to be calling bullshit on you. That's what I heard a lot that came out of the Matt Ranella thing is we need to police we need to police ourselves. But what you ended up hearing was what I need to do is I need to start commenting on other people and shutting their shit down. No fucker. You need to do your own. Look at your, look at your social media pie chart. Yeah. And then you look at yourself. You say, okay, what is my fundamental value set of why I hunt? If I'm going to publicly share my world and I, and I am, and I want the world to consume what I, or I know that the world is going to consume what I'm giving. We can either, Continue to have sportsmen just, I'm going to post whatever the fuck I want, why I ever want it, because this is for me and my friends. And I can post the most egregious duck bills in my mouth. I can post the most ridiculous bullshit well, stuff. You, you can do that if it's a private page. If it's, there you go. Yeah. But don't sit there and try to monetize shit and get advertisers and sponsors because you want to put and make it well, public. And, and I agreed with Renella. This is one of the reasons it bothers me is you know how much money I could make. Correct. And I don't. So I mean, you, I make if, a little money. If but. you want to keep your shit private and yeah. make it shut down, okay, that's fine. But don't go out there and, and put it out in, in public. And this is me, my yeah. opinion, my yeah. opinion. My opinion is if you if you want to engage in some, 
you want to showcase and flout or whatever, whatever. What message are you putting out there? Does that message that you are putting on the landscape truly reflect who you are as a hunter and your value set? Some people know it doesn't, not because they're trying to be a fraud, yeah. simply because they just didn't think about it. And it's not what it just didn't translate. Yeah. But for some of us that are, you're much bigger than I as far as the public platform. But those of us that are in the public forum and the public platform where people are consuming it, this is where I do think that unless you're just going to take it perfectly private and you're going to, you're going to shove it in a hole where only select people can consume it. Yeah. We don't have the luxury anymore of being sloppy. Yeah. Because it's not us shooting the shit down at the local bait and tackle shop yeah. where a non-hunter isn't going to stumble into. Yeah. It, it, this gets thrust upon everyone. And so I'm I'm having a hard time these days watching cer- watching social media, listening to certain people on podcasts or whatever. And, and I'm not this is not saying you or any, just general because I li- I try to listen to a bunch. I listen to what I see what I see. Yeah. I hear what I hear out of their own mouths. And then I hear what they're trying to say from some moralistic high platform. I'm like, you're full of shit and either don't know it. Yeah. Or you're a blatant hypocrite and you, it, you're just perpetuating fraud on everybody because you know damn well you're full of shit. Now, and I could be, I don't think I'm that way because um, I'm pretty much an open book. I mean, there's not Correct. too much bullshit. I tell you what, what bugs me, and I do need to pee in, I'm going to get chew after this, is just a few different kind of strange you know, you, you can buy meat at the store and you're okay, but you can't kill meat. One of the things I've recently, you know, that's kind of weird, right? It's wrapped in saran wrap, it grew on a tree. One of the recent things I've gotten flack from from hunters is my dogs. So you can what? feed your dogs. I It is not good to shoot animals and feed them to my dogs, the scrap meat. Or a, a buffalo or a bison. Okay. Or an owl dad. So this is where I'm like, I'm not what? going now. I'm not, I'll put my own, I'll, I'll throw myself on that chopping block. So I'm not going out there to kill animals simply to feed my, my pets. I am. So okay. I, I feed dog. I feed not just, I mean, I'm not going to go shoot an elk and feed it to my dog, but scrap portions of that. Scrap is different. Well, and I say scrap, bad cuts, calf meat, pick it, whatever. All or, the above. I or, did the same thing. Or the bison. Tons of meat on a bison. Yeah. I just feed it. I don't know what the fuck it came from. It's burger, yeah. right? We feed the dogs burger. Sure. So do we. Okay. So it is okay. Have you ever seen high quality dog food? Correct. What's yeah. in that shit? High quality meat. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to shoot. A, it's okay so to I go up with a, a, fucking a, a, an goat. iron rod yeah. and, and pneumatically put an iron rod between the eyeballs of a, of a cow. Or a goat. Not, but or it's not sheep, okay to go hunt and then. Or fish part, or turkey. As a as a family endeavor, so, but consume the animal. This is what's odd to me. I can, because there's turkey in those too and chicken. Yeah. So if I go to, which would be the dumbest shit in the world for me to do, to pay 99 bucks a tag or whatever the fuck it is in Nebraska and shoot three birds. Yeah. That's more than that, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think it's it's 100 bucks a tag and then the, the license. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. going to cost you yeah. a couple hundred bucks, but yeah. But- uh, you know, and I wouldn't ever feed. And for how much those, meat are you going to get out of it? Yeah, I would never feed those to my my dog. But for the sake of yeah. argument, 
you can buy all of that dog food with either sheep or turkey or chicken or beef or bison. Yeah, but Aaron, wild animals are different, man. Yeah, that's what's strange to me. It's like, so if I go and I shoot a bison, which is basically a cow now, right, in most places, and I've never, like, churched it up and made it look like it was this great hunt. I basically shoot them walking down the road, right? It's broadhead penetration. I want to eat that fucker. Yeah. I've had and I've seen people post on like different forums bashing me that I kill too much and I shouldn't feed it to my dog. So I can buy it and something fucking died, right? There's no way around it. I can buy that, but I can't kill it and feed it to my dog. I'm going to go pee now, but I'd like to get your feedback on that. Well, go pee pee and then I'm going to do the same thing. No, I mean, dude, the the bottom line, this is the thing is it all breaks down to value sets and and people have different value sets. And and no, if, if... Maybe, maybe I would have an argument of saying, okay, if, if all you're doing is, man, I can't even argue that because I'll tell you right now, geez, oh Pete, I could see, this is, this is where an argument, okay, this is where you could, I could put on, I don't have it with me. I, I, I'm, I'm going to start doing my black hat section. I need to do that for when I come in next time. I'm going to bring my black hat, um, that way I can play the bad guy. You know, the bad guy always wears a black hat. Good guy always wears a white hat. I, I need to start wearing my black hat because I could, I could go down the rabbit hole with my black hat and crucify you. Um, but, man, it's a value set, man. I, I feed my animals, uh, my dogs and my cats. Quite honestly, I I don't normally eat the, uh, I, I cannot stand liver and I'm not a fan of heart meat. I, I just am not. And so when I'm on the mountain with elk, I don't take the liver and the heart usually out with me. And with whitetails, no. The heart and the liver and all the all that stuff don't usually stayed in the gut pile. Well, now I found out our dogs, and especially we've got a couple cats that absolutely love deer liver. I mean, like they can't stand beef liver, but they love deer liver. So I'm like, well, shit. If if the if the animals want that and they will eat it, well then why feed coyotes with it? Well, the, it gives me an incentive to pull more of that animal out of the field because I'm feeding with my my animals. And I do the same thing. If we are cooking, I'm a portion of whatever I cook for our family ends up going in the dog bowl, yeah. or goes for the cats to 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 chew on. I look at my pets as family. Now I'm not going out there and poaching deer and throwing a deer carcass out there for my dogs to chew on. You know, it, it's part of the family consumptive diet. I mean, consumptive diet. So where, where it was weird, some of this for me, and if you want to go whiz, um, most of places where, you know, it's, it's Western hunters hear that. Yeah. And like, oh, he's wasting animals or he's shooting too many. It's taking away from other hunters' opportunities. Ah, see, okay. Now that go, is, go ahead, and then if you if you if you uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I am gonna leak because this I'll, is where my black hat goes on. All I'll right. pause it. All right, we had to take a quick pause there. So one of the things that I had brought up that I had read about myself is that I I kill too many animals, and it takes away from the possibility of other hunters being able to shoot those animals. So that's a very broad. Spectrum, because if you go out west, you can only shoot one elk, usually, or yep. or one deer. Now, you go middle ground, right? Oklahoma. Those tags, that is private land, and those are uh, not new, um, what are they called? The uh, yeah, depredation yeah, tags. Yep. Somebody's shooting them, 
It might as well be me. It's private land, and I am going to use that meat. Now, how I use that meat could be me eating it because I yeah. love whitetail. Yeah. Um, specifically, northern Oklahoma and northern Texas whitetail, I choose those over elk. Unless oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. north Texas elk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best yeah. elk I've ever had, north Texas. I bet. So, um, ag land and yeah, exactly. native hard grasses. Exactly. So, as I've read about this about myself, I'm like, okay, Without a doubt, the meat does not go to waste. Now, I consume four or 500 pounds, generally pushing five. My wife, maybe 80. My friends, you know, bring it to the shop and, you know, I'll give it to, like, when Amy sells a house, she does a meat basket of wild game meat to help. Oh, nice. Uh, for hunting. Hey, yeah, yeah. here's wild game. They may not eat it and they give it to their friends, but whatever. Or they feed it to their dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, if I went to a store and I bought... Six hundred pounds, yeah, the entire case. And I drove around downtown. I would be a hero, giving it away to the poor. Yeah. If I went and shot all those, I would be a hero until the point they found out I killed them. Now something fucking died, no matter what, right? And they didn't die of old age. Question is, is did you take their opportunity? So again, yes, the opportunity perceived opportunity. So as you know, in most of the mid Kansas, a little different. There's some badass walk-in access only hunting in Kansas. But those other places are private land. Yeah. So am I taking it away from the guy that has private land next to me? No, nope, that's where you ju- that's where you cross that threshold into jealousy. So and 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 I don't ever post on these I just read about myself, right? For comical value normally because I'm like, well, it's one way to look at it, I guess, but I'm like, okay, so I do 100% I have five deep freezers. They start full and then they, they, they go down. Nothing is ever wasted. And I would swear on my daughter's life of that or, or whatever you would yeah, need. Yeah. We eat it a lot yeah. and the dogs eat it. So now if you're one of the moral high horse guys, which I get a kick out of this because I know some of those fuckers and they leave their meat at a place like yours. Mm-hmm. So I or, am taking or, yeah. away, okay. yeah. I'm taking away an animal they could shoot because of the antlers. Now Bingo. those. Bingo. Now, does not as much, not but, much. But, but so now um, I'm trying to wrap my head around some of this constructive self-check. Am I shooting too much? I don't think I am. And when I say that, meaning not just me, right? I guide a lot of people too, but, 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 but me initially right now is a hundred animals in one year too much. Given the fact that 90 plus percent of those animals are on private property that either A, those people don't have access to, or B, absolutely could come have access to, just pay the outfitter or pay the landowner or, yeah, or come and trespass you, you have the opportunity just like you. So if you are on private land and you are exploiting an opportunity that you have, how how does that impact anybody else? Now, if if we're talking about because here in this well, I, I can't shoot too many on public land in Colorado. You can only shoot one. I know, but hold okay, so this is where I said I should I, next time we need to we need to have this discussion. That's what we need to do. Well, so you've got your black I'm going this is where I need to have my black hat because you want you want to call bullshit. Now, I could go down the rabbit hole of saying, "Okay, let's tie this into our 3 uh, recruitment, retention, reactivation. Let's tie this into hunter crowding. We can tie this into uh, access and 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 uh, perceived, you know, uh, 
what am I, what am I trying to say? Uh, hunter satisfaction and blah, blah. So we, we could go, but the funny part is, is, and I can, I can, we, we can have a black hat discussion on that one. The funny part is, is these people that are complaining to you about what you're shooting. You're freaking down in Texas on private ranch. Now, if they want to come hunt with you, get a hold of top outfitters and, well, and go. In freaking, that case, I paid for that lease, but yeah. Okay. Well, Okay, so well, Scotty and I are basically partners. So, okay, yeah. so there you go. So you you boning up your money to to okay. quit with the freaking jealousy because you're exploiting an opportunity on private land that other people are probably don't have. Number one, number two, I remember the discussion, especially for anybody that's in Colorado that wants to bitch and uh, pitch a fit about anybody hunting on private land. Because I remember the discussions about the landowner voucher program and the landowner access and all this other stuff where people were pissed off that, that landowners wanted these landowner vouchers and hunters didn't want these landowner vouchers because landowners were getting these guaranteed tags and they were going down. They were able to hunt on, on private ground, but, you know, the, the average sportsman wasn't able, you know, all the animals on public move into private. And so these private landowners, they've got the sanctuary, they've got all the animals and now they're getting guaranteed tags and they can sell them. And that's not right. Okay. Hold the phone. Which one do you want? The reason why the animals are moving down onto private property is because there's too much pressure on the public or sometimes the habitat's better down on the private yeah. because the landowners can actually do something with it. But regardless, a lot of times it's because there's pressure on the public that the private doesn't have. So wouldn't it be good to have a whole bunch of people or a whole bunch of hunting and shooting and, and death down yeah, on the private that would push out. animals back on the public? Hmm. Well, you can't have that if you don't have people hunting. Now, this is where the jealousy comes in. Well, it should be for the average, you know, the je- no, shut up. The landowner is the one paying for the taxes on that property. Probably has the bank note that he's floating on those you know, that num- that ground. There, there's a whole bunch of issues between private property and, and land and, and public land hunters. But regardless, if you're hunting on private property, who gives a shit about what you? Other than jealousy, it's not affecting you. Well, and, and if you come up, let's just say this: you come up to Colorado and you shoot an elk, you shoot a mule deer, and let's say you shoot a bear. Okay, so you so you take three. Which you're a stud if you've done that. But one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We're not even talking about quality of animal. I'm just saying you put three animals on the ground, which is a, I've tried it before, and I've I've as of yet not accomplished the trifecta. <laughs> so it, that's a heavy feat. But let's say that you did. What well, and I have no one would criticize you. Yeah. Because you you'd be a hero because you killed three different animals. Well, you were out there. You killed three different animals off the landscape. When I didn't kill, I wasn't able to get that. Mm-hmm. And do you really need to kill a mule deer and a bear if you've already killed an elk? You've already got enough meat, right? Or do you really need to kill an elk if you killed a mule deer and a bear? I mean, that's enough meat, right? Isn't that real? Where's the criticism? And this, and I've started to hear this. They're going to criticize you for going to Topo or down to your lease or down to your buddy's place in Oklahoma. And, and private land hunting whitetails, which oftentimes it's difficult in the absence of CWD, it's difficult to actually kill enough whitetails to maintain the population structure that you want. Yeah. Why do we not hear people, more people bitching about those people that buy a Washington elk tag, an Oregon elk tag, an Idaho elk tag, Montana, Wyoming, and go hunt five elk across five, and they're taking five elk a year. You know, look at the Dan Evans. I mean, I, I throw Dan Evans under the bus here, tongue in cheek. The guy, he can kill shit with most people aren't. But look at all the people that are going to how many different states chasing elk? 
Yeah, well, Tony, and that's uh, a public land resource, Tony, right? T- Tony Treach was thrown on a forum. He told me about it. Uh, I think it was Rockslide, of course, where he we were both getting bashed. So let's dive into this a little more and finish it up tomorrow. So let's yeah, that'd be good. Let's rewind, and I'm using me so we don't get in trouble using someone else. And and, and when I say yeah. we re- we rewind for the last two to three years, um, you know, elk public. Land, mule deer, public land, Colorado, mountain goat, um, antelope, little public, little private, um, you know, no guy did buddy yeah. system or whatever. And then, you know, you, you, you after that, you know, cause those, you can only hunt so much and I don't hunt multiple States for, for elk. And generally it takes me 14 fucking days to kill a mule deer in the high country. Yeah. So I, um, one of the things that's unique with that is, you know, one of the things I have changed about mule deer is I only want to shoot old deer. In the high country. High country deer are having a hard enough time. I'm just not going to shoot a young deer. I'm not. And and I and I have multiple opportunities. One of the multiple of the people I saw complaining on one forum all shot dinks in, in, in the high country. Not everyone, but I mean some of the guys I was watching. Like dink as in far as antler size score or are you talking age, about just a two and age. a half year old, maybe a three and a half two, year old buck? Two or three. Okay, so okay. it looked it looked like a nice deer. No, it was a dink all the way oh, around. Okay. But so I, dink, okay, all right, but, but, a young deer. Young deer. Uh, 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 your your entire package, young deer, two Which, and a half to three and a half. Good for deer. you. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem. No, nope, I have zero, and I would encourage somebody coming out of state to, to shoot it. You know, the numbers are supposed to be figured out by the DOW, and uh, so okay. But again, once that's over with, right, and 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 I go to usually Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Texas. Right to to hunt whitetails. It uh, we've discussed that all private. Okay, where's the meat going? Well, it, I can tell you right now down there. If it's if it, if they're depredation tags, they're going to die. Right, somebody's going to shoot them because there's too many fucking deer. And either take the bobcat and or the skid steer and push them into the ditch. Yeah, yeah. Which I am not going to dive in on that, but I know that happens. Well, that, in Kansas, that's the if you actually. And this is the thing that drives me nuts in Kansas, unless they've changed it. If you get a depredation tag, yeah, you're not allowed to utilize the meat. You are only allowed to bury it or push it into a ditch. No shit. Because they don't want you. Because in their philosophy, at least it was, this is not about giving you a reward for going out and killing something out of season. This is about you have crop damage and you're removing damage. So if you're going to remove damage, go ahead and remove the damage. But you do not get a any sort of gain other than the reduction of damage from it. So that was my biggest thing when we first started in Kansas. The landowner wanted to know, could because it was legit, we had significant crop damage. He wanted to know, could we get depredation tags? I'm like, yeah, but the way they have it set, set up is either you as the landowner have to be pulling the trigger mm-hmm. or you can designate me to pull the trigger. Yeah. I said, but when we do that, we've got to have a uh, figure what we're going to do with them. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I told him, he's like, well, I don't want to do that. That's yeah. just, that's, re- I'm like, dude, that's the law, man. You, you, we have to, you have to shoot them. They, the, the game of the parks and wildlife tells us we can go out and shoot 30 doe, 30 deer out of this herd because of the crop damage. We'll go out and lay down 30 deer and we're going to push them into a ditch or you're going to have to dig a hole and we're going to bury them. He's like, that's bullshit. I'm like, man, I'm ethically, I'm on board with you. He's like, I don't want to do that. Let's figure out some other way. And that's, that's the, the impetus about why I live out there now. Yeah. But yeah. So in some cases, depredation tags. No, I've got family that run a farm in upstate New York 
they run pumpkins and a whole bunch of other stuff that the deer just rape and pill. They get depredation tags all the time. Yeah. We don't need to discuss that. Okay. It's a depredation tag. Freaking blankety blank, blank and blank, blank deers in the freaking pumpkin patch. Done. I don't think anybody's worried about if that animal's going to get fed to their dogs, their pets and everything else. No, it's, it's out in the field for the coyotes, which I don't want this to, this isn't like a defensive no, 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 How no, no. It's, it's, the, I... it's just the reality of the discussion. People from people <clears throat> like to pontificate from a position of ignorance yeah, because be... it, it allows them to climb up on this moral pedestal that is based in nothing, nothing close to reality. I just want to make sure it's clear. This is, again, I'm going to say one more. This is not a defense of how many animals I shoot Yeah, because I'm not going to stop. I mean, I don't give a fuck what anybody says, and I eat way too much of it, and I've seen too much good come from... The secondary like, effect, the secondary benefits from you doing that photography, photography. Oh. I go to the I go to the camera shop. Never hunted. Hey guys, try this. Yeah, that's a huge benefit. So I it's I'm not going to argue that one because I just don't fucking care. But I think it like you said, this is a good discussion for people to think about or understand because when I was younger and hadn't hunted as many places as I could, I didn't understand my little window was one elk, one deer. That was it. And in, in, in public land. And that's, and as you know, I came up public land here in Colorado and everything else. So when you go to a, um, some of the areas, if it's a, how much do cattle ranchers eat deer? Zero. Zero. They like their beef stick. Oh yeah. Now they don't want those little fuckers in their property. Near, near zero. Yeah. 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 Near zero. Very few. So I remember I, Anyway, whatever. So, but those animals are going to die um, if they're eating their crops. And this isn't just Kansas or Nebraska. Pick a state, wherever it is. Now, they may give those tags to people that will eat them. Or they may just tip those motherfuckers over and let them rot. I think people need to understand or do more, get more educated on this general discussion in the big picture um, rather than cast stones without knowing. And so... And and east versus west is wildly different, and I think this this does set itself up for a, a, a secondary discussion because this could be another three hour discussion in itself. There's a there is a fundamental, just wildly different philosophy on wildlife, hunting, game management. West versus east. Yeah, and. What a lot of people don't realize is we're dealing with a different species. You know, oftentimes if you're telling, dealing with anything, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, Dakotas, East, and Texas, you're, ta- you're talking whitetails. 90, 90 plus percent of that you're talking, yes, are there mule deer out? Yeah. And yeah, but we're talking whitetails versus in the West, you're talking mule deer, elk, pronghorn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In many cases, there's a wildly different reproductive potential on some of these critters to where there are state agencies. The reason why many state agencies back East have authorized and opened up crossbow hunting is because the bow hunting public has not been killing enough freaking deer. So, they want to kill deer any which way they can. And so in Kansas, now in my area, I will say now with chronic wasting disease moving in, we don't need to be killing the does that we can be killing. But in Kansas, a non-resident hunter, when you apply for Kansas as a non-resident, this is going to tie into our next discussion. As a non-resident hunter, hunter, you are automatically issued, and I don't know what they're going to do this year, but in the past, you're automatically issued an either sex tag, which is your quote-unquote buck tag, and 
an additional toe tag. You cut, you are sent in the mail two tags. You can shoot two deer right off the gate. And then as a non-resident hunter, you're allowed to purchase up to five additional doe tags to shoot. Now, do you think the state, now I, I say that in my area, they're still allowing that. And I think that's a mistake because we're seeing some, some population shifts, but in many states, Nebraska, you can shoot two bucks. How many does can you shoot? Uh, I Several, think you it? can buy, man, it might be unlimited for whitetail doe tags. And I don't know, I, but yeah. in many states, it's a pile. yeah, in many states, you're allowed to shoot. I think Alabama is unlimited. Yeah, you're yeah. allowed to shoot multiple animals. So, if you only are coming from the the lens of Western hunting, you're not going to appreciate the fact that many of these states want more people there. I mean, Kansas is just trying to get more and more. I mean, they're making money, so there's it's a it's a it's an incestuous relationship. There's money involved, but. Whitetail management can be tricky if you don't have enough killing on the landscape, whether it's a human killing or whether it's predator killing. Yeah. But what you see in the West where you're allowed to kill one elk or maybe a lispy cow tag as well. Yeah. But where are those usually? Nowadays, private land. Yeah. So if you if someone goes and, and gets an over-the-counter license for bulls and goes and shoots a raghorn. And then has the opportunity to go to a friend's property or, or uh, you know, pay a, an outfitter or whatever, and they go shoot a list B cow. How many people are complaining about that? Yeah, none that I know. Usually of, none. Yeah. It all stems down to, I think, a lot of times either ignorance of what the actual programs are and why. And I'm sorry, but a lot of it just comes down to jealousy. Yeah. Well, and the jealousy part doesn't bother me. I don't give a sh- when I say that meaning. Yeah, but it colors the entire conversation, and then it just turns into a shitstorm. The way that doesn't need to be. That's simply. What- that's what, but and so and what I wanted because we're gonna hop off here and we're gonna cover this more tomorrow yeah, or Monday. Yeah. The the one thing that, which I didn't know where this conversation was gonna go with the Matt Ranella, the the who's worse for hunting, whatever. Some of that may be jealousy on his part as well. Some of it may just be overcrowding. the The reality is, um, if you if you look at overcrowding, um, where's the overcrowding coming from? Public land. It's it's public land hunting. Yep. Okay. Where where would you say? I know my opinion on this. And Matt Ranella uses Onyx. That's way fucking worse than social media. Onyx puts more people well, into it, hunting areas by far than any other uh, avenue. And when I say that, meaning <clears throat> if if you're from wherever you're from, and I'm not saying, and, and, and I, I'll defend Matt on this, there are lots of other issues as far as people getting into hunting, but getting them where they need to kill something, yeah. Onyx and Base Map are the devil. In in the in years years ago, when you wanted to talk about hunting Iowa, yeah, public land, there was a very small number of non-resident hunters that actually even knew how to navigate that landscape to even entertain the idea of, I can hunt. Iowa, public land. Iowa even has public land. Nowadays, it's difficult to draw a tag in Iowa, especially to hunt public land because everybody knows about it and wants to put it. Let's keep it out west. You know, just western. You know, so and and I I I mentioned this to Matt, and it was a friendly conversation when we talked. Because I right now, if I if you are a um, watching. I think he was bashing uh, elk, uh, elk shape, and uh, yeah. What's Dan the other? Staten. Yeah, what's the other guy? Um, Randy Newberg, blowing oh, out, okay. blowing out spots and things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and uh, born and raised, and yep, you know yep, who, yep, you know, yep. all 
yeah. valid people to complain about about that if that's your thing to complain. Yeah. So what about Onyx and Basemap? And I'm not, when I say it's the devil, I have Basemap on my, my phone, yeah, and I, I think I have it. Onyx as well. Yeah, I don't have any issue with it. I also, overcrowding, you can't be, you know, as far as checking yourself, you can't want, to, you can't, you hear people say hunting numbers are down. Not from where I'm sitting. Not from what I see. Well, and I on thought, the west side. Yeah, and I thought. Well, and, th- and that's the other thing too is I don't know where the data is, and maybe you can. I don't know. We can say, take a look, but I thought the new numbers from U.S. Fish and Wildlife came out, and actually, it's it's the the trajectory has changed. It, so, we are increasing a little bit. Am I part of the problem um, with overcrowding and western hunting? Probably, right? I mean, podcast and my page and you know getting people motivated to go yeah, yeah. backpack hunting specifically yeah is cameron a problem well cameron doesn't hunt public land anymore but he gets a ton of people motivated yep. okay so let's say we take me and remy and cam and whoever else out of the equation and uh he's gone so numbers go down as the numbers go down and this is i get the overcrowding and the overcrowding goes down they're still anti-hunters and it comes to a vote and all the spheres of influence that can get to millions of people in one post are gone. We have a much better chance of losing that vote than we did before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, that's where the, the, the safety in numbers comes in. It, it, it helps. No, I, that, that, I would say you need to shut up because otherwise we're going to just keep talking for the next three hours. But I mean, oh, yeah. if, if yeah. This, got- this is, yeah, this is a different discussion because what, what do we, what do we, holy. Wrap out. 50, we're down, we got 50 minutes on the card, so we are at three hours and something. So, <laughs> <Of course>. um, <laughs> but I, yeah, it's very good conversation, all of this, though, and, and, and I don't hold ill will towards Matt now. Once I talk to him, yeah. where the big um, confusion was is he has his buddy that, that uh, has a, he blocked me. I don't know, I don't even know who he was, but I'm on a website and I, I think I'm 13th um, worst ever. And it says Kafaro is my sponsor, which I own it. Yeah. Um, as you know, I take very little money from anyone. As you know, I was here before social media. I'm going to yeah. be here far long after, same as you. So when I – I lumped him in with that, rightfully so, but that wasn't him. You know what I mean? He wasn't referring to me when we talked. I mean, some of it in reference, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. You know, I am the devil. I guide and <laughs> – Yep. Well, I don't go on guided hunts very often because I'm usually buddies with the guy, but I'm on yeah. private land. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I I get where he's – what's really weird is, is there a fix? I mean, the, the only thi- – okay, and I uh, this is a – let's just end it Let's just end it here maybe. This is a good way to wrap it up. My, my opinion, <coughs> my opinion, the only fix that we can have is number one, the pie chart of what we post. What what do our social media posts reflect about our true value set about why we hunt and what we do? Because again, there's an old adage in psychology. You can act like anyone you want to act like. You only react like your true self. That subconscious trigger. Now, most of the time, you know, I know that I'm very conscious about what I post. Most, no, no, I can't say that. Wrong, bro. Um, 
most of the time I try to be very conscious about what I post. But then there's other times where maybe I'm, you know, whatever it is, emotion, I'm like, four, this is Four awesome. bottles of wine deep. Well, oh, previous, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alcohol thought that was funny. Yeah. Alcohol was wrong. Okay, so that's the thing is we post some things that, you know, just off of a, of a, uh, a subconscious, just, we just post it. <clears throat> the question is, when we look at our body of our social media, does it actually truly reflect our value set and what we do? Your example. I don't know if I've ever seen a post or I don't see many posts of you donating meat. Yeah. Now, that would be you patting yourself on the back, walking around, flagging your dick around, going, look how great I am. Look how great I am. Which me, I'd be like, fucking shut up, man. I'm because with you. I, you know I what I'm I mean? Yeah. However, <laughs> however, from the non-consumptive user point, when they look at the pie chart of your posts, that would come up to be like, oh, Grip and grins, got it. Really cool photography, got it. Yeah. Oh, but oh, he's donated here. Oh, he's donated that. Oh, he's done this. And this is where I go to the Ivan Carter. When you look at Ivan Carter, of course Ivan Carter hunts. Of course he's a huge proponent for hunting. But if you look at the pie chart of Ivan Carter's, he's known for conservation now. He's not even really known anymore as a as a hunter. He's he's a conservation guy dealing with reintroducing cheetahs and and going out and and you know ensuring giraffe conservation Poachers. the pie chart yeah or going after so the pie chart of the of the non-consumptive user looking at that social media comes away from engaging a hunter with a completely different they are going to come away from Ivan uh, uh, Ivan Carter's page with a completely different impression of what that version of a hunter is than if they go to Steve Vernella Meat Eater podcast and they see, okay, this is about hunting and going all, and then, but, but it's about hunting and exploiting all the resources that hunting can provide and then culinary cook, cooking, doing something with it. So that's a completely different impression versus if I went to, and I, again, I, I, he's a dear friend. I go to Jay Scott's page. I just see success photos. They're very good. They're good looking success photos. And I see a lot of elk behavior. And I've, I've told him, I'm like, dude, you need to push, post more of that. Because he's one of the few people that actually has the ability in the position he's in with the Ot 6 Ranch to just freaking saturate the shit out of, of good elk behavior from a raw standpoint. Doing what I did in the gallery on my... So, but you're going to come away with a completely different impression on what his page is. So we just need to look at what our, what number one, my opinion, and let's just table, we'll wrap it up. Number one, what does our pie chart look like when people come across our page? Number two, in every single post, do we at least try to demonstrate empathy for the animals and the critters and what we're doing on the landscape? Because I think the secondary part of that is there's a lot of posts out there that I don't give a shit what you say while you hunt. Yeah. The, the, the posts that you're putting out there do not relay any ounce of empathy or respect for the animal that you're giving. Yeah. And, and the, the non-consumptive user is going to look at that and you're like, you're full of shit. You're a hypocrite because what I see is not jiving with what I hear you say. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes sense. And I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't argue with any of that. And, and I don't, like I said, I know my plan as time goes on because simplifies things. I get to take cool photos and post them. And if there's an advent adventure, uh, a hunt that was an adventure, I can say, go check well, out the, yep, and see. Because yep. the last thing I want to do is hurt hunting. But the last thing I want to do is be something that I'm not. 
you, it, what, what does Jordan say? If you have something to say and you sit silent, that's a lie. Yeah. Yep. It, it, that, it, and that's where I'm at right now with where the direction on some of the things I'm going through. I have no idea if the direction I'm going with maybe the discussions I have in my podcast and, and what I want to do, if, if that's going to translate into success or just sabotage me. I don't know. But it's, if, if, you, if there's something that should be said and you sit silent, you're, it's a lie. And you, and you can't be untrue to yourself. So I think we just have to be smarter on this landscape that we're in these days yeah. um, and just – you know, rather than looking at other people going, we, we, these people need to be better. No, how, how about we start making our own bed and, and cleaning up our own room and look at our own social media and say, is this, is, is my social media the example that I want everyone else to live up to? There's a question. And I'll say what you just said out of, I don't know how many posts on my page after Matt said that, that came out with that. And I, you know, self-check. There was one post I deleted out of everything. And it it wasn't very smart of me. We were on a coal hunt. There was like, I don't know, 25 deer in the back of a truck. And uh, I took a photo of it just saying, heading to the processor, some of it got donated. Not a great, not a smart move. You know, I mean, I, it's... And, and quite honestly, I don't even have if if that if that one is is removed on your end, I would have to say you know John McDonald came out and hunted with me and and he did he want he didn't get an elk that year needed to put meat in the freezer, he bought <clears throat> for a January season um, five doe tags and I mean in two days he just I mean that kid just flat laid them out and yeah. we had a stack of just five big mature does in the, in the back of his I think his his. Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But you know, we took a picture of that. But you know, I don't. We, yeah. Let's let's kill it for now, and and let's. Uh, no, let's, I let's rotate back through. Yeah. No, we can go back. Well, tomorrow because I want to hit on you weren't in here, but we had to take a. We didn't have to. We took a video down. Frank uh, was in with David D. Austin and uh, a buddy of ours from uh, South Dakota, a mountain goat hunt. Um, got bashed on rock slide. So, okay, yeah, let's talk. Okay, because I went to try to find it to try to figure out what the hell the controversy was. I could find it. We can hit it real quick now. We got a minute. I mean, it's not It's not going to be a long, drawn-out conversation. Table it. Okay. Keep, keep it for the... We've been going for how long now? My, long time, my voice, yeah. is, about, my voice that, is about to go. That literally... Frank has not been in the public eye like I have. That was the brand new for Frank. Oh, and so for... Did he pop know, his cherry on... Uh, Hatred? Yeah. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Well, so for me, when I say, and you laugh, and you're like, oh, a little bit bothers you, a little bit does. It takes a lot for me to get, nothing really bugs me anymore. And so, when that happened, I'm like, welcome to my world, buddy. No matter what you do, yeah. something something is wrong, right? Now, the conversation will be good tomorrow, because we can discuss, was it right? Was it wrong? You know, what did, what did, yeah. did was our reaction to pulling it down and re-editing it the correct thing to do? The one thing that that out of all of that that I did get a kick out of, well, there's a lot of things because I read it like uh, like people watching in Boulder. Um, shooting that distance gives antis ammo. That is a fucking crock of shit because they have no idea what long distance is. That is hilarious to me. And, that, and that's the thing is if if you – okay, there's a difference between – yeah, I, I'm thinking there's a difference between taking let I don't know what the distance is of what was the distance of his like four something. Oh, with a rifle. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought this was a bow. No. Oh, right. for freaking hell's sake. Okay, then we're going to have a really good conversation here then. Because I was thought I was thinking you were talking about dropping an 80-yard, 90-yard bomb on a on a bow. Right. No, the, the okay, because I I there are there are you and I both you know them as well. There are very prominent freaking people in the industry that are taking plus 100-yard shots with a bow gut shooting the freaking animal and then taking a grip. There's a difference between taking a long distance shot and just shanking it in the guts or the hind end or whatever, and then just turning it into Swiss cheese versus a a one shot, very well executed, right in the 12 ring, poom, doom, done, dead. Yeah. That's a world of difference that we're talking. Yeah, but let's let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah, we've got plenty to. But, but what he wanted to do, they didn't want to lie. So they just posted the two misses. Sure. Franks fell off a cliff. They didn't do a good enough video job on how much they looked for. I, I guess, you know, if you. Oh, it, it, was, we, it not a rec- was it not a recovery? Not one of them. One of them wasn't. And okay. so. That's why. Did they do enough to find it? And, and it wasn't, that shot wasn't that far. No matter, he could have shot at 100 yards, it would have fell sure. in the same fucking spot. Yeah. Um, that the um, recovery, we should have done a better job with context of that. And I understood, you know, when I, I, I never watched it until I got these screenshots about getting blasted on rock slide. And I, I get it. And, and my thing was, and we will table it after this because this is something I want to hear. My response was on some of this. If I've hunted with a client for seven days, he's killed himself, and we, we get above an animal, and it's 37 yards, archery, 42, whatever, inside of 50. He shoots it, and he hits it in the liver. I give him a hug, and I say, man, we got it. You, you know, yeah. you, you liver shot. I'm not excited that he hit it in the liver because that's not the perfect shot. I'm excited because at the end of seven days of grinding, we finally, you know, we, we, we have now, it, it was not a good hit. But now we have the potential of actually with a liver, you're going to get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah if you, it. if it's in a place you can recover it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, on a goat, anyway. Uh, yeah, and, I, and they, on this, I just brought it up as a mule deer. Okay, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Hit it in the liver, and in 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 reality, is if you hit a goat in the liver, you actually probably have a better chance of getting it than you do it dying and rolling into a cliff. Yeah, yeah. You can't climb everywhere a goat does, but he's going to climb somewhere. He can bend down. Yes. yes. Yeah. So. Something to think about for tomorrow uh, uh, with the conversation. My thing was, you do that as part of policing yourself. I get that, but I will say that I have hugged many guys off liver stomach shots and said, man, you got it, we'll find it. That doesn't mean I'm happy he hit it in the guts and the liver, but after seven days of hunting and something like that happens and you're going to probably generally find the animal, you don't do anything stupid, there's excitement and elation in that. And what was amazing to me is hunters trying to explain that and not just this goat hunt in general, bash the shit out of guys like they've never hunted because I know many guys that, you know, and then they we eat our own. And I'm like, I can think of four or five times where I've made shots inside of 40 that I weren't great, but I was just literally yeah. about dropped down to my knees and cried. I finally got one. I mean, it's hunting, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, how much of that do we hide? And, again, that's where I was like, you know what? I would like to be able to talk about that and not get bashed having a private page. When I say private. Yeah, yeah. Not- a, 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 a more 
a closed a community, a, a targeted community. And where you can have yeah. intelligent discussion or maybe even yeah. no a ton of discussion at all other than you and I talking about yep. it and in, in the informational portion of it. It is weird how we do, we eat our own. And constructive criticism is great. Some of that shit I read on there was like, I'll never buy a Kafaru pack again. This was horrible. Yeah. And and I was like, that's weird. Like, holy cow. It wasn't, yeah. I mean, good Lord. But you, you made no effort to understand what was going on. Again, just like we've seen, whether it was a Matt discussion, there's so many in social media and, and society today has been set up to simply latch on to the first emotional trigger that presents itself. And that's as far as it goes. Yeah. Then go haywire from that. Yeah. yeah. So, All right, everyone. We'll be back on again. Yeah. That was three hours and 40 minutes or so. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah.